where are the low value men like what are what are all the low value men up to during these trying times because the high value men they, i know they're around they won't shut the fuck up low value men i have not heard a word out of i'm sorry to think i'm on their side i think i want one of those i want a low value man they don't make podcasts i haven't seen one low value man make a podcast do they not know how to use microphones maybe that's a good thing that's that's hot all right i haven't seen i've never seen a man use a microphone for good until now everybody buckle up it's low value mail time with your host danny polishchuk What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to an all-new episode of Low Value Mail with your host, me. I'm your host, Danny Paulschuk. Uh, we got an excellent episode for you on, uh, what day is it today? January 24th, 2023. We got we got a good episode for you tonight. So um, the topic, we're doing something a little different tonight. So normally I have a topic. Sometimes we have a guest. But so there was a, a gentleman. I was on Twitter. I saw a tweet from him. Something unrelated to the topic of this evening. I, uh, I looked at his bio and something piqued my interest. And that was uh, the man's name is John Ziegler. He's going to be joining us shortly. I will uh, give a quick little bio of, of him. Um, he is the host of The Death of Journalism and With the Benefits of Hindsight podcast. He's the former senior columnist at Mediaite. I believe that's how you pronounce it. He's a documentary filmmaker, radio talk show host, book author, and TV sportscaster. So uh, I, again, I was looking at his Twitter and he, uh, the link in his Twitter bio mentioned or or it, it, it uh the link is essentially to his uh website um which is i believe framingjoepaterno.com and essentially it's all about um the Jerry Sandusky Joe Paterno case that i'm sure many people remember from uh i say it was about a decade ago that it, it was mostly all adjudicated but I had never seen this angle from it because essentially what he's saying is that Joe Paterno got railroaded. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know that was, uh, and I don't want to, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. We're going we're to speak with him directly, but there's a lot more to the story, I guess you could say. And I, I think a lot of our audience might be kind of interested in it. So I never, I was, I think like most people of the impression, this was kind of just an open and shut deal. I've spent the last two days consuming uh, way more, way more than I ever have um, on the topic. So uh, I, I we're just going to speak to him because it's obviously like a pretty sensitive uh, subject. It's uh, it's interesting, too, because some viewers of the show I mentioned today that he's coming on. And then a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania. And a lot of people, I guess this is maybe a more pennsylvania centric story in the sense that looking at you know watching all of his videos and all these things a lot of the comments are like yeah you know it's a lot of people i guess in pennsylvania are not quite sold on the the narrative so uh normally and and i he, he specifically wanted me to say because i i said it and uh 
I said, you know, I'm doing an episode on, we like to do like conspiracies. And he's like, it's not a conspiracy theory. And I'm not saying it's a conspiracy theory, but it does seem to have the hallmarks of a potential conspiracy. Uh, so, and I want to be careful with my words there because I, I'm, I'm not saying it's a theory by, by any uh, sense, because you can tell he's put a lot of work into this and he's definitely put his ass on the line for all this stuff. So just before anything, we have an after show tonight, uh, at 11 PM, as always, uh, if you want to sign up, you can do so patreon.com slash low value mail or on locals, uh, low value mail.locals.com. And then we have a new episode of the bathhouse tomorrow live at 10 PM from the stand comedy club green room. So. Uh, and also, there's now uh, free trials on Patreon. Patreon just uh, announced that they're doing free trials, so you can sign up for Patreon risk-free. We have a good time. All right. So without further ado, I don't want to keep him waiting. We're going to talk for a bit, and then I'm going to open up the phone lines, and if you have any questions for him, I'm also going to set up a question um, little thingy on YouTube. Uh, shout out to everybody joining us over on Rumble. I, I do appreciate you all. So let's... Uh, Let's get him back. He's on hold. Resume the call. Uh, sorry. One moment, please. And so, okay. Here we go. Uh, John, you can you hear me? Okay. So, thank you for coming on the show, John. John Ziegler is how you pronounce it? Ziegler is fine. Okay. So, I came across, uh, I think you had a tweet maybe about something. It was unrelated to this, but I got to say that this whole thing definitely uh, piqued my interest because I would say like probably most people are not aware that there's anything else to this story, the story of uh, Jerry Sandusky and uh, Joe Paterno. And here's a thing that I was, I guess, kind of, um, surprised by is you have no real skin in the game here. You're not like you're like you're not getting you know like like there's there's no incentive for you to do this. It must be just you really truly thought that this is the truth, right? Yes. Sure. I could imagine, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I watched that last night, actually. So you 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 don't even have a 
not, not even on good terms with her. Sorry, can you give me one second? There's oh sorry, give me one second. There's some people here saying that there's an issue with the audio. I apologize for that. Oh, here we go. Uh can you go ahead? John? Am I not being are you yeah, able yeah. to hear me? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh there was just some sort of issue there. But uh sorry, continue okay. on. So, yeah. There there are there's absolutely no question that the real story here is so fascinating, and that is why I'm still on it 11 years later. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I wish I, someone had can prove me wrong. I'd ask people to prove me wrong. No one can prove me wrong because I'm not wrong. I'm 100% right, and I'm positive of it, and it's not even close. Okay, John, John sorry. We had a little tech uh, issue for a second, so some people didn't hear the beginning of it. I apologize, but can we just start over uh, just to go back three minutes from now? Um, so, uh, and I apologize for this because it's uh, just... Uh, Whatever one of one so of the why, sets. Why are we doing? Why are we doing this? We're doing well. We're doing this for the show. I just the audio wasn't working, but it's everything's working totally fine now. Uh, I just wanted to yeah, introduce. Um, I, I abandoned my kids' dinner tonight. To oh, I, I apologize. I, so I'm, 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 <laughs> and I and uh, I, I do I apologize. Have kids, I have my kids off of streaming, which they are very pissed off at me about right I, now. So okay, so, I, so should we just ditch the whole thing? Or no, 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 no. We we <laughs> no, no, no. We do. We just have to just go back three minutes uh like my audio is fine but i, I just apologize but but your audio uh well i, I got on i got on here early so that we could test that no i know and i did but I, and i know i apologize for that it sounded fine on my end but these uh streaming yeah. services occasionally have issues I, I do apologize for that um but any, anyways so it, just to recap the last two minutes how how did you get involved in this story about uh, Joe Paterno and Jerry Sandusky. Like, how did you start going down this path? What what led you down this path? <clears throat> well, since apparently the first uh, statement I made was was not heard, and uh, I haven't yet decided to bail on this uh, this interview, which I might shortly. That's okay. Um, if you want will, to, it it, I, can, it I, happens. I will I will, re I will reiterate that uh, I am not a conspiracy person. Sure. My version of this case is not a conspiracy theory. My critics are the real conspiracy theorists. I'm an ardent anti-conspiracy person. I do not believe that human beings are capable, especially in this day and age of social media, of, <clears throat> of being able to maintain massive conspiracies. Within the real story of what happened here, there are a couple minor conspiracies, but the main thing that happened was this was a perfect storm 
uh, bizarre, perverse self-interest. And um, and it had nothing to do with a massive conspiracy. No one set out to get Joe Paterno or Jerry Sandusky. It happened in a very natural and logical way if you understand the way the story went and the way that humanity actually works as far as how I got involved. Sure. In November 2011, I was a documentary filmmaker of some note as a conservative. I had done two documentary films that had been very well received. The previous one had been debuted on the Today Show in a very contentious interview with Matt Lauer. I saw that. On NBC. Yes. And, um, and so I was, um, you know, I was in between projects at that point wondering what I was going to do next. And I saw what was happening in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, where Joe Paterno was being destroyed by the national news media, alleging that he had covered up child sex abuse for a former assistant coach named Jerry Sandusky. Now, I had been very familiar with the Penn State football program because I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I um, had started my career as a TV sportscaster. I've also coached high school football in both New Jersey and California. I've covered college and pro football. I've been to Penn State football games, although rooting for Temple at Old Vet Stadium in Philadelphia. Um, and the story made absolutely no sense that we were being told. And I, when I say that, I mean that from the standpoint of Joe Paterno. I presumed, okay, that's weird that Jerry Sandusky could possibly be this highly successful assistant coach help Penn State win two national championships and be there for decades and nobody have any idea that he was doing this. That's, sure. that's weird, but but that's okay. That's, I guess, possible. But the part about Joe Paterno, I knew there was no way that that was fully true. And the story, for people who don't remember, what we were being told in November of 2011 was that a, a Penn State assistant coach, then a graduate assistant by the name of Mike McQuarrie, had at some point 10 years earlier on a date that turned out to be totally wrong, they claimed at the time it was March 1st of 2002, had witnessed Jerry Sandusky anally raping what they thought was a 10-year-old boy in a Penn State shower and then told Joe Paterno about it, and then Penn State basically did nothing about it. Now, that is a crazy, nonsensical, absurd story if you know anything about Football culture, especially at Penn State, it makes no sense at all. Now, sometimes nonsensical things happen, but those things usually have some level of evidence attached to them. Sure. And this story clearly had no evidence. And so it had no logic. It had no evidence. And I did not trust the national news media, especially the sports media, especially ESPN, to be able to figure this story out in two days, which was basically what they were claiming that they had, they had done to know what the truth was and for this to go down a path where where justice was served so i immediately said okay this is this is bad news i knew that paterno was in big big trouble but i also knew that, that there's no possible way this story is 100% true it turns out he got fired just a few days after the release of this grand jury presentment which we now know is full of lies full of flat out total lies the narrative as created by the news media was completely false. And Danny, I would I would suggest, you know, to me, you know, there's been a lot of ways to get people entered into this story in, in the right mindset. And I don't know, you know, that much about your audience, but my guess is that for a lot of people, they ought to think about this as the sports version of COVID. 
or specifically with regard to like mask mandates? Like how sure. the hell did we end up? How did we end up with mask mandates for two years when everybody knew that that was always ridiculous that masks don't work and that we live in a free country. We shouldn't be mandating masks. There's no evidence that they work. COVID is real, but the Penn state scandal was not. And now, is there, in- is there anybody else covering this? Like the way this, uh, the side that you're covering or were you like, cause I, I haven't seen like, you really put yourself out there. I will say that to, uh, to go after this i mean this is not like it doesn't seem like this was without consequence for you to try and do this well i started i guess you would say because i interviewed jerry sandusky twice in prison for over six hours and then redid a full investigation of the whole thing and but i'm hardly alone um there are a lot of credible people who are in this same boat now there's a former la times philadelphia inquirer reporter named ralph cipriano who reports on it quite a bit he and I actually worked together on a, on a piece that was supposed to be the cover story for Newsweek until the very last minute when it got torpedoed. Um, John Snedden, a former NCIS investigator for the federal government who investigated this case from the standpoint of the cover-up, he is co- totally convinced that Jerry Sandusky is innocent. There are other people who, um, who are unwilling to say publicly that Jerry Sandusky is innocent, but they know he is. Uh, Mark Pendergrass wrote a book called The Most Hated Man in America. He knows that Jerry Sandusky is innocent. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a chapter in his book, Talking to Strangers, which focuses a lot on my work. I believe that Malcolm Gladwell at least strongly suspects that Jerry Sandusky is innocent, may have even intended to write that in his book, but then uh, either he and or his publisher got cold feet at the last moment and bailed on that. Uh, Frederick Cruz, a uh, a very esteemed professor at, at the University of California has written extensively about how Jerry Sandusky is innocent. Elizabeth Loftus, the, maybe the world's foremost renowned memory expert, has testified on his behalf. And I know from my personal experience with her that she believes that Jerry Sandusky is innocent. Um, there's There are other people that, I, frankly, maybe the most remarkable people in, involved in that group are some of the administrators, Gary Schultz, who went to jail for allegedly covering up Jerry Sandusky's crimes, although that's technically not what he was convicted of. He so he went to jail for covering up crimes, but then these are were not crimes like but he never did well, anything. He but forced, I guess the other- he was he was forced to plead guilty to a misdemeanor because he knew the jury pool was dead set against him because of seven years of horrendous media coverage. But Gary Schultz has said on our podcast with the benefit of hindsight that he believes that Jerry Sadusky is innocent and, and for good reason, because he's a key witness. He understands why the Mike McQuarrie episode that I referenced uh, earlier was just not true, that it did not happen. He was the one that McQuarrie talked to to report this uh, back in what I believe was was uh, early two th- well, no, it was early 2000 because uh, 2001 because they changed the date officially from march 2002 to february 9th of 2001 and it was a couple weeks after that when mike McQuarrie met with gary schultz who i just referenced and tim curley the athletic director at penn state i believe that tim curley believes that jerry sandusky is innocent although i've never had a conversation with him and the former president of penn state who also went to, to jail after being convicted on a misdemeanor i am positive even though he won't say this publicly believes that Jerry Sandusky is innocent and his brand new book in the lion's den. If you read between the lines, even a little bit, 
it's very obvious that Grant Spanier believes that Jerry Sandusky is innocent, but this has become so controversial and such a third rail issue that very few people are willing to give their true opinions publicly. And the news media, Danny, yeah. has absolutely positively no interest in giving the other side any traction whatsoever because they put all of their chips down on this story, much like COVID, just like they did with masks, just like they did with vaccines. They put all their chips down on this side of the story. And if they're wrong on this, it is a massive, massive uh, catastrophic embarrassment for them. And they just don't have it within them to be that kind of self-introspective and to admit when they're wrong, um, especially when the people telling them they are wrong are not massive celebrities, because that's the way the media works now. If you're not a celebrity, what you say doesn't really matter. Sure. Facts don't really matter. The truth doesn't really matter. Logic doesn't really matter. What matters is how many Twitter followers you have. Right. And, and so what about, not, it, so, sorry to cut you off, but like, so what about all the, I, I mean, there were what, four victims who testified? But there were more than four, uh, but there were four, like, uh, I believe, is that correct? At Jerry Sineski's very rushed Salem witch trial-like trial, there were eight men who testified to some level of sex abuse against Jerry Sandusky. Most people think that, that it was 10. It was not 10 because two of the 10 were people who were, quote unquote, unknown. They were unknown because those episodes didn't happen. And in one of the cases, the McQuarrie case, they knew exactly who the, the so-called victim was. But that victim wasn't called to testify because they didn't like his story because he very clearly and emphatically said nothing ever happened and so that's why they didn't have him testify although they told the jury uh quote uh his his identity is known only to god that was a direct quote from the prosecutor joe mcgettigan to the jury which was uh, obviously a falsehood and, and should be grounds one of many 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 grounds for appeal in this case yeah, because I mean, uh, from what I gather, there, there. So, does he have any? Is he? Uh, he lost his most recent appeal, I, I believe. Well, Jerry has appealed many times in state court. By the way, that's highly unusual. There's so many things that are highly unusual, not unprecedented in this particular case. But the vast majority of serial pedophiles never get to an appeal because they confess, they plead guilty, they plea bargain, because they get you know what gets found on their computer. Lots of child pornography. <laughs> well, none of that happened in this case because there was zero child pornography. There was no attempt to plea bargain whatsoever. There was no confession. There was there was no guilty plea. There has never been a stoppage of any of the appeals. But all of these appeals are in the very same state that is as invested in Jerry Sadowski's guilt as anybody. They're as invested in his guilt as Dr. Fauci is in the vaccines. The reality is that he can't possibly get a fair sh shake in Pennsylvania, although he keeps trying. I believe he would have a heck of a case in federal court, but I think he's afraid that he put his toe in the water of federal court last year. But now I think he's afraid that if he goes through and with an appeal in federal court and it fails, he's done. There's no place else you can go. You can't go back to state court. But why wouldn't he, he? Why wouldn't he try? It isn't the alternative like he spends the rest of. Because he's a very stubborn and naive person. He keeps thinking that somebody in Pennsylvania is going to understand just how incredibly corrupt and unjust or unjust his trial was. Because, by the way, even if he was guilty, which he's clearly not, 
His trial was a joke. It was a joke. It was a Salem witch trial travesty that occurred seven months after his after his arrest, which is just uh, with with ten different episodes to defend in the middle of a media firestorm. I mean, that's that's unprecedented. It's unbelievable that would happen in America. Um, and and it, when in this particular case, that was particularly devastating because you had a jury, a jury poll that was not only highly polluted against him, but you had a jury poll that was effectively being accused of being part of the cover-up because the prosecution narrative was that the entire community of State College and Happy Valley had looked the other way to defend football and allowed Jerry Sadusky to get away with this for all these decades. So the jury itself was invested like everybody else was. And even they acquitted Jerry Sandusky on three rather key elements of the case where if you used your brain and you said, okay, well, wait a minute, if he's not guilty on those three counts, then how could he be guilty on all these others? Yeah, wasn't it like uh, he was guilty on 46 counts? So is, is just everybody who testified against him? Because I think you say that he's completely innocent. It's not even like a gray area here. <clears throat> This is that's like, correct. Although it took me a long time to come to that conclusion, my original perception was he must be guilty of at least some, or if not most, if not all of this. And then I went to uh, after interviewing the first time, I said, "Okay, well, wait a minute. This doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe he's a, a pedophile, but he's a chase pedophile, which is an actual real thing, because there was there was no." no belief on my part that he actually engaged in sex acts, but he did act, engage in very odd behavior. There's no question about that. And then as I got deeper and deeper into it and realized just how lacking in credibility, every single one of these accusers is, I came to the conclusion that the, there, uh, let me put it this way, Danny, the only people that are, that lied at Jerry Sandusky's trial were the people that got paid well over a million dollars for their participation in the case. Which who, is everybody. And paid is, by whom? Who, who was by paying Penn them? State University. By Penn State University. And Every Penn State what? Just wanted single, this to go away? Or like what, what was their yeah. incentive? I'm just trying to understand was, like was, the different incentives for the different parties here. Right. Well, the incentive structure in this case is, is paramount to understanding what happened. And they are perverse. And the media did not understand the incentives. Penn State's incentive is incredibly important to understand. Because Penn State panics. They crap themselves in the middle of the media firestorm in November 2011. And they fire the great Joe Paterno and Graham Spanier, the president of the university, to extraordinary embarrassment. Now, if it turns out that they did that and Jerry Sandusky is innocent, how are the people that did that going to be viewed by history? How are they going to be viewed in their community, especially when Joe Paterno dies two months later, clearly as a result and he was, was like a god in the in, he was like a god right. there right so 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 the incentive structure at penn state is not just to let it make it go away the incentive structure at penn state is to self-flagellate and plead guilty to things that did not happen because one it gets them off the hook for having crapped their pants and fired innocent people but also they're getting congratulated in the mainstream news media for doing this. The New York Times is applauding them for, for their self-flagellation. Oh, you're handling this so well by, uh, you know, throwing football under the bus and getting rid of Paterno and Spanier and the administrators, and, and you're giving over $100 million to these poor, innocent victims, and these guys were not poor, innocent victims. 
Now there's a there's a debate as to were some of them convinced by therapists that they had been abused um, and that they uh, and they they truly believed that they were abused. I guess that's possible. There's one uh, accuser in particular, victim number seven, Dustin Struble, who Mark Pendergrass did an interview with for his book, uh, um, The Most Hated Man in America. And Mark believes that Dustin believes that he was abused. And so I guess it's possible that this debunked form of repressed memory therapy was used on Dustin. But when I look, Danny, at the actions of the vast majority of the accusers in this case, it is clear to me that they are just flat out lying. And they are laughing all the way to the bank and to the local sports car dealership uh, where they have uh, you know, purchased many different very expensive sports cars with, with their money from Penn State and bought very nice houses and by the way, still all go to Penn State football games, wear Penn State jerseys, take pictures with members of the Paterno family, celebrate Penn State football at every opportunity on their social media accounts. These people lied. And again, and, and is stories- there any evidence of like these lies or is it really just like a he said, like, like uh, you know what I mean? In terms of, uh, it's not evidence of, is, is not the correct question, but like, so you're just saying they were purely motivated by money and after the Joe Paterno thing of him I, getting fired, I they had think... just no choice but to go down this this route. It just I, I will say for a lot of people, including people who are probably watching the show, and I'm sure this is your whole life, is this is kind of an uphill battle for you, I would imagine, with this story course, just because, because it's most so toxic. Pe- most people don't I it's so incredibly toxic. But let me just explain how this happened, and maybe this will make sense to you. People think at least that's my perception that they think that, you know, in a somewhat contemporaneous fashion, one week or one month, 10 boys came forward to say, uh, I'm, I'm. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline being abused by Jerry Sandusky. That's not what happened, even close to what happened. What uh, what really happened here was that this was a slow, very slow, three-year grand jury investigation where nothing was happening. Nothing. They had one accuser by the name of Aaron Fisher who was highly lacking in credibility and couldn't even testify to the grand jury, which is why the grand jury didn't indict Jerry Sandusky, despite three attempts by Aaron Fisher to to tell his story. He finally tells it via a written statement with his therapist, a quack by the name of Mike Gillum, sitting right there with him in the grand jury room. 
It's not until the Mike McQuarrie story falls in their lap under highly suspicious. And you want to talk about conspiracies. I mean, well, that, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of why I reference conspiracies. Cause it seems like it has many hallmarks of, well, well, I, I mean, your, your conspiracy loving audience will love this. So they are not loving so this. Day, but... <laughs> so, so the day after Tom Corbett gets elected governor of, of uh, Pennsylvania, the day after, Suddenly, there's an email that comes uh, advising people to uh, to talk to Mike McQuarrie about, about whether or not he saw Jerry Sandusky with a boy in a shower. And that's how McQuarrie comes to their attention. And once they corral McQuarrie and get him to testify now, now they have a they have two weapons. They have Mike McQuarrie and Aaron Fisher, the two pillars of this case. And now they can go fishing. They have the bait and the hook. And guess what they also have, Danny? They have the names and contact information of hundreds and hundreds of former Second Mile charity members who are all at-risk kids, all of them. So these are now adult men who came from horrendous backgrounds, real abuse, real drug use, real poverty, real marriage problems, real unemployment, real financial issues. And now they can go fishing in this pool and they can do interviews, which they did with hundreds, hundreds of former second mile at risk kids. And guess what happens? They only are able to catch a couple because a couple were able to figure this out and go, Hmm, this is interesting. Wonder where this is going to go. And they got lawyers, the, the plaintiff's attorneys, who were key in helping manifest their stories into what turned into multi, multi-million dollar settlements. And by the way, Danny, it's not a coincidence that there are at least three of the core accusers of Jerry Sandusky who are very very avid gamblers in fact one of them refers <laughs> to himself as a as a professional gambler that's how he got his money supposedly was that he's a professional gambler because none of these guys ever none of their peer group knows that they are jerry sandusky accusers because the media kept their names private so, so they're all so, all the people oh who have it was all sealed and they've never actually no it's all but you know who they it's now. just that nobody knows their names because the media had this bizarre rule that you weren't allowed to say their names. And so these guys can go along with their lives. Their peer group thinks that they're rich for weird reasons, whether it's a professional gambler or I own a trucking company or I'm a financial investor. But the here's the reason why the gambling thing is important. These guys, their mentality was as a gambler. And they rolled the dice on this investigation. By the way, it's important to point out that many of them, their initial allegation was was really somewhat ambiguous. It wasn't Jerry Sadusky raped me in the shower. It was something that they could have walked back if they needed to walk back. There are some and pretty serious they, allegations against them, though, like some pretty graphic stuff. Absolutely, but, but not by all of them, Danny. And you're not following my yeah. logic here. If you're if you're a gambler and you need money and you're smart enough to see where this could be going and you put out there a story that that fits within the realm of, of sex abuse, but it's it's ambiguous enough that you could pull it back if this doesn't work out. That's the way you would go down this path. And there are even two accusers, two key accusers.
officers who at trial say that very little actually happened. But then when it came time to get their money from Penn State, their lawyers realized that the Penn, that Penn State was paying based upon the, the, the horrendous nature of the allegations and how many times it happened and whether it happened on Penn State's campus. And then all of a sudden, and then I'm referring to victims number three and number five, when it came time to get their money, their stories totally changed. And I have exclusively seen the settlement documents, they were leaked to me and to Ralph Cipriano. And that was one of the most shocking elements of the whole thing, that these guys blatantly perjured, by their own admission, perjured themselves. Uh, but they decided that they needed to, to amp up the story on steroids, and that might be even selling it lightly, in order to get the most amount of money. And both of those guys got paid well over five, six, seven, eight million dollars uh, by Penn State. And so here we are, we're living in a world where, you know, Dateline NBC considers a $100,000 life insurance policy more than enough motivation for someone to kill a spouse. But uh, five to $10 million isn't enough to tell a lie anonymously for a couple of hours in, in, in a courtroom and then you're set for the rest of your life. Uh, I, I'm positive because there's no evidence to back up any of these allegations. They all changed. None of them were contemporaneous. They're completely inconsistent. The timing changed constantly. None of them make any sense. And by the way, they're also not consistent with Jerry Sandusky's medical records, which we now have, which should have been put forward at Jerry Sandusky's trial. He had almost no testosterone. He had virtually no testicular matter. That's a direct quote from his, his uh, medical records at the time of the, some of the most horrendous allegations. There's no possible way Jerry Sandusky did this either psychologically or physically. And if he had, somebody would have mentioned the fact that he has no testicles. Nobody mentioned that because what? no one saw his testicles. He has no testicles? Virtually no testicular matter that's directly from his medical records. And so, okay, so we have a question here in the chat, which, and someone says, and I guess that's kind of what I asked at the beginning, but like, what do you have to gain from this? Nothing. Do you, do you have, is there any sort of anything at this point other than just you're in so deep that you have no direction to go other than forward? I I realize I realize it's very difficult for people in this day and age to believe that truth and justice in and of itself can be can be a motivation for someone. Sure. To tell I mean, you're a journalist. Truth. I understand but, that. And I will acknowledge, look, I will I'll be the first to acknowledge if you had told me how this was all going to turn out when I started getting into it, I would not have gone down this path in all likelihood because I'm not a perfect human being. I'm not uh, mother, the mother Teresa of journalism. Uh, however, um, this is an incredibly important story. I'm a thousand percent positive I'm right. Anyone that's looked at this objectively knows that I'm right. That's why we did an epic podcast. If you, I mean, it's all been documented and with the benefit of hindsight. And um, and so, look, I mean, I'm the first to acknowledge this is the worst worst thing that's ever happened in my career. Maybe the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. And I've had a lot of bad things happen, but I can assure you. It's not because I was wrong. In fact, the worst thing that happened here was that I was right. As I tried to say at the top of this, when we had some audio issues, that the, re the reality is I wish someone had proved me wrong. I asked people to prove me wrong. I wanted this burden off my shoulders, but there's no way to prove me wrong because I'm not wrong. I'm 
100% right, and it's not even close. But isn't some of the stuff that would prove you wrong just someone's account of something that happened? No, because in order for an account to have any credibility, it has to be consistent. It has to make sense. It has to be corroborated in some way, shape, or form. And, Danny, I think you missed the part where I told you there has never been, never been, if someone can find it, I will be thrilled, but they won't because it doesn't exist. There has never been a serial pedophile who in his mid to late 60s in the modern era was arrested and there was no pornography. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. No pornography. No alcohol. No drugs. No payoffs. Jerry Zanowski never tried to pay anyone off to try to, to, to keep quiet. No plea bargain, no guilty plea, Didn't... no stopping of the deals. It's impossible. It's not, it is not the way a pedophile case works. Did, did he not he give, uh, there was, I was reading of one uh, kid who he did give money to, like some sort of like regular <laughs> stipend or something that the guy said, that's the gambler, I believe. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure which one you're referring uh, to. I, I, Jerry, I, Jerry Jerry did give gifts. Gifts, that were yeah. A, uh, were not of the nature of a payoff for somebody who was being sexually abused. Dennis Hastert. Do you know who Dennis Hastert was Danny? Uh, politician. Dennis Hastert. He was the Speaker of the House. Sure, yeah, for yeah. an extended period of time, and uh, and and eventually he got found out to have been. A, a a child abuser when he was a high school wrestling coach. And why? Because he was trying to pay off his accusers in a way that, that sparked a federal investigation because he was having to take out more than $10,000 at a time from his bank account, which triggers automatic a red flag. And then there were, there were hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to be paid here. Jerry Sadusky gave these kids used golf clubs and used computers and $25 on their birthday. That's because he thought of them as their dad. That's what this was. And what about the showering and stuff? What about the shower thing? Well, wasn't like, isn't there like multiple reports of all the, I mean, again, there's just, I guess these are things that don't look good. He's trying to be like, well, you know, I just, sometimes you just shower. Jerry Sadusky. There are, there are two episodes that I'm confident actually occurred where Jerry Zandusky was in a shower with a boy, and uh, and I can feel, we can feel confident that that happened. Once in 1998, once at the very end of 2000. Other than that, I do not believe that there is strong evidence. Now, I'm, I'm not saying it never happened other than those two times, but there's only two cases that those were documented. In the first one, the DA investigated it thoroughly and declared it to be an unfounded allegation and did not bring charges, which was the right call because that person testified at Jerry Sandusky's trial some 14 years later. And when you read his testimony, Danny, it sounds like he's a defense witness because he says nothing happened. Then the other episode is the Mike McQuarrie episode where once again, Alan Myers is the is the now man, was a boy 13 years old, almost 14 years old, when this 
allegedly occurred, I believe, on a, on the actual date of December 29, 2000, which blows apart Mike McQuarrie's entire narrative because it means Mike McQuarrie waited six weeks to report this to Joe Paterno. There's no possible way you wait six weeks to report a child rape to to your head football coach and never mention it to police. That's not a possibility. And so Alan Myers' actions and words time and time and time and time and time again are a thousand percent consistent with his statement that nothing ever happened that night or any other night with Jerry Sandusky, who he considered to be a surrogate father because he had no father of his own. In fact, at a senior high school football game, it was Jerry Sandusky who stood in as his father. And that was years after the alleged Mike McQuarrie rape episode. And there's just no possible way. I've seen Alan Myers eventually testify uh, about this and there's just no possible way Alan Myers it's it's wild that you're basically essentially he's either the biggest monster of all time or the unluckiest guy of all time it seems well, like it's know, just it's one of those two <laughs> and there's like doesn't seem funny, like there's middle funny, ground it's funny it's funny that you say that because I don't know if you call or maybe subconsciously you you did remember this but that's almost word for word what Bob Costas said to maybe I watched Jerry that last night yeah Okay, well, Jerry, Bob Costas, who I've gotten to know pretty well, I, I speak to him on a somewhat regular basis uh, to this day, and I can assure you that Bob Costas does not think I'm a quack, and I, I personally believe Bob believes there's a lot, lot of merit in, in what I say about this case. Um, and, you know, Bob said that, and I've even congratulated Bob for that statement to, the, in, to Jerry in that interview because I think that that was a pretty good analysis. Uh, it's just that the media picked the wrong side there. They picked the nonsensical side that somehow a guy could be a horrendous monster in that high profile position for three or four decades and nobody have any clue about it uh, or say anything about it or mark anything down in a journal or a diary or ever tell a friend or make a contemporaneous report or, or have any any semblance of physical evidence. It's just not possible. Okay. And to believe yeah. it and to believe it, you have to believe you have to believe all sorts of completely insane things that I believe are far more in the realm of a conspiracy theory than my version of this case, which I fully acknowledge is very, very, very much in the minority, but among people who have actually objectively looked at the facts, I'm in the majority on this case. When it, when you talk to the people who have actually were involved in the case, I believe I'm in the majority of this case with regard to opinion. And I certainly have no, as you've already stated, I have no self-interest in, uh, in doing anything but telling the truth here. Okay, so uh, let, let's, uh, we're taking a good amount of your time, and I appreciate you coming on. I'm sorry about the little uh, gaffe at the beginning. So where do you go from here? Wh wh like, what, what uh, like, it seems like you've kind of done most that you can do, I, I suppose. Like, like, what is your, do you have any, like, because I saw that you had, um, like, a new version of, of your mini documentary, the framing paternal thing uh, there was like you added on to it. And then like, uh, like you have your podcast, like, do you, do you keep going? Do you have any choice not to keep going? Like, like what's the, what's the plan? Well, for the record, um, I did that movie, the documentary, like, the framing of Joe, the framing of Joe paternal, which you can find on YouTube for free. No advertising. By the way, I've never done any advertising on any of my videos, not on our website until recently. There was no advertising on our podcast with the benefit of hindsight. 
I, I have purposely lost money on this case. I've had no interest in making money from this case. Partially, I knew that it was not possible to make money. Yeah, I, I don't know what advertisers are going to want to. Yeah. I, but I also didn't want there to be any question about my motivations. And our podcast, with the benefit of hindsight, has been exceedingly popular. If we had run advertising on it, we would have made a significant amount of money. Instead, Mike Agavino, our producer, has, I'm sure, lost a significant amount of money on that podcast. And he deserves credit for, for doing that. Um, but the re so the reality is, you know, that I don't know what the next step is for me. I would love to be done with this thing. You know, the, the story doesn't fully end until Jerry Sandusky dies. And uh, which, you know, who knows when that, I mean, that could be any day. Uh, he, his sons think that he's in tremendous health given the circumstances and that, that he might live to be a hundred, which will be, which means I only have another almost 20 years Jesus. Uh, of this story. But, but um, I don't, you know, look, we just lost Franco Harris, NFL, Pittsburgh, Steeler, Penn State, great. Who was a big part of this story. Yeah. And part of the reason why I know that uh, Mike McQuarrie was not telling the truth and he was 72 and in great health. So yeah, that, that I, was a, uh, was there not a thing where Mike McQuarrie, Franco Harris said Mike McQuarrie told him at Joe Paterno's funeral. Yeah, in fact, if you go to my uh, Twitter page every single day, I I retweet the the podcast that Frank O'Harris was working on just before he died, and in in the section that I retweet, part number three, uh, Franco, in, in his own words, now he had done this with me both on video and in our podcast with the benefit of hindsight, but I think it was different when he does it in his own words on his on his own platform. He tells the remarkable and incredibly important story of what happened at Joe Paterno's funeral when he confronted Mike McQuarrie, mano a mano, man to man, a, a Pittsburgh Steeler and Penn State legend coming up to Mike McQuarrie in the middle of this media firestorm and saying, Mike, what the hell did you see? And asking him several very pointed questions and coming away not just wondering what the hell happened, but completely and totally convinced that Mike McQuarrie had not witnessed any sort of sexual assault. And if Mike McQuarrie did not witness a sexual assault, then the whole story collapses. What really happened was Mike McQuarrie, 10 years after this, this incredibly minor episode got manipulated by prosecutors. And there were good reasons why Mike McQuarrie was very easily manipulated. Uh, he uh, at first thought that the reason investigators were coming to talk to him was because he had been sending pictures of his naked penis to a woman, not his wife, through a Penn State phone. He also had gambled on Penn State football games. It's very clearly documented on, on YouTube in a game between Penn State and Rutgers, and he was very concerned about that. There are other reasons that Graham Spanier has alluded to in his, in his interviews, and I believe in his book, that I can't divulge that also would have had Mike feeling very vulnerable to manipulation by uh, a desperate prosecution. And so Mike went along uh, and he turned what was basically a brush fire into a five alarm fire. Actually, I believe he turned it into a three alarm fire and then the prosecution turned it into a five alarm fire. They wrote it in that, that presentment, the media ran with it. And in everyone's mind, Jerry Sandusky had raped a boy in a shower and that was just never true. And and, and we and, and they should have known it was not true because they knew who the boy in the shower was at that time. And the boy in the shower was very, 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 very clear that nothing had ever happened to him between him and Jerry Sandusky, who he considered to be, as I said earlier, a surrogate father.
Wild stuff. Okay, I'm I'm gonna let you go. I appreciate you taking the time for this. Uh, I thought we it, were gonna take calls. We can take some calls. Yeah, you want to take some calls? Sure. You know what? Let, let me open up the phone lines here. I don't I don't I don't know which way they're gonna go. I uh, hold I don't on. care. All right, phone care. lines are open, everybody. People uh, people have been calling actually throughout the course of this, but I didn't want to pick up because I wanted to. But so the phone lines are open. If anybody wants to uh, call in, I mean, this is that's the thing. People are like, "Why are you even talking to this guy?" Some people, <laughs> but I'm honestly like, I saw your. I thought I think you had some tweets about like COVID or something, and then I saw your thing, and I'm just like, I have never heard this side of this story. Like this is one of the and, most. And and what problem? What what problem do you have with my side of the story, Dan? I don't necessarily have a, a problem with it. I don't know the facts, but I'd say most people are like, well, to, to what take am I saying that doesn't make sense? What am I saying that doesn't make sense? Uh, n- nothing, to be honest. It's just the it requires people to essentially go to take the side of a like, you know, multiply convicted pedophile. Right, which is just like mm-hmm. it's radioactive. Which, All right, by we, the which, which by the way, which by the way is how this whole story went down. That's sure. why okay. we are where we are. All right, we got we, we got a call here. Hello, thanks for calling Low Value Mail. You're on the air. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you, Junkie? Hear him? I'm uh, going pretty good. Um, this guy has a very creepy take. <laughs> and... do, you have, do you have a question, or do you have anything to add here? Any, um, anything you want to ask? I I do. I have I have a question. Um, how do you defend child rape? Okay, we'll let you. We'll let you. Uh, and again, that's kind of probably what your whole like. I right. was I, I was second guessing even wait, doing he, this, but but I'm just like it's uh, just fascinating. Uh, Danny, you know what I mean? You want to answer? You want to let me answer the question? Uh, yes, please not? do. Please I do. mean, um, right there is the the essence of of why an innocent man is going to die in prison because when you say something did not happen, you are not defending it. I think that's pretty damn obvious to any thinking person, but because of the nature of these allegations and the media coverage surrounding it, nobody used their damn brains. Nobody used the logical portion of their thought process. It's all emotion. And especially for straight men, Straight men go crazy on this story for obvious reasons. I truly believe, based upon 10 and 11 years of speaking to people, that if Jerry Sandusky had had nothing but gay men and middle-aged conservative women who had had teenage boys as sons on his jury, he would have been acquitted. Because both of those groups know this story is bullcrap. Because they have lived it from completely different perspectives. But a straight man... Uh, has their brains blown by the allegations and and, and and say things that are stupid, like, how do you defend child rape? I'm not defending child rape. I'm saying it didn't happen. Okay, okay. Um, someone had a question, illusory commission, says, ask, uh, has, do you believe that um, Jerry Sandusky ever conducted himself in a way that would now be considered sexual misconduct? Well, I... You mean legally or I, I guess I guess I guess legal legally, uh, which I uh, yes. I don't believe that Jerry Sandusky ever broke any crime then or now with regard to child sex abuse. I think he did some things that were very stupid, but we people have to understand the context of how 
he did those and why he did those stupid things. Sure. Here's a guy who grew up in a very different generation, who grew up in a rec home where there was nudity everywhere. And these showers, I think you mentioned earlier, what about the showers? I think people need to see the showers. These showers are huge areas where where we're not in tiny enclosed spaces where someone would be trapped. These are massive places where someone could walk in at any moment because they're not private. It's, you know, anyone with the with the credentials to get into the Penn State locker room could have been there at any time. And in fact, with Mike McQuarrie actually did. It was not unusual when this time period occurred for For kids to to be taking showers. We got another call here. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, oh, sorry. No, go Why ahead. Why did you oh, cut me off? Oh, uh, we had another call. Just, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Well, there's one There's one other There's one other important point of this, it, and that is that all these things happen before the Catholic Church scandal becomes a known entity, and that changes people's perspective. So everyone's seeing this through the prism of the Catholic Church scandal, but the Catholic Church scandal hadn't been known yet, and so people's actions were different before then, and you could be more naive and more stupid, like Jerry Sandusky was, before the Catholic Church scandal breaks years after these allegations were to allegedly occur. Okay, understood. Um, Yeah, that's... uh... Yeah, it's, it's it's tough to wrap my head around a lot of this. I was I went real deep in, into your, your your YouTube and all this stuff. I saw your Piers Morgan interview. Where what was even the point of that? That seemed like that seemed like almost early clickbaity kind of thing because it he didn't seem to bring you on with any sort of real question. Actually, sorry, hold that thought. We got a caller right here. We got another caller here. Hello, thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Hey, Danny, uh, uh, I've got a question for your guest. Yep. Um, first of all, I, I didn't get his name. Can Is, can I just? Oh, sorry, it's in your title. John here. Sorry, Ziggler. John. Okay, great. John, I've got a question for you, and um, can you tell me: Are you currently, or have you ever been um, employed by the federal government of USA, Canada, so FBI, CIA, <laughs> CSIS, anything like that? <laughs> That's. Uh, you care to answer that? Uh, I can I can answer, but then I'd have to kill you. Yeah, uh, there's your answer. Um, okay, well it's it's ten o'clock now. We hit the hour mark. Uh, John, I, I gotta let you go. I appreciate it uh, very much. Your time. That was. Uh, w- where can people find you? The podcast w- is with the benefit of hindsight. I also do a current podcast twice a week called The Death of Journalism, and my Twitter feed is at Zygmunt Freud. Which is G M A N. Freud. Sure. All right. Th- thank you, John. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, out from this and tell your kids sorry that they can stream while we were doing this. I do apologize. All right. Take, Th- take care. Take care. Bye bye. Enjoy your enjoy your fairy tale, everyone. Uh, all right. That was John Ziegler, everybody. I can't tell if by the end of it he was like, why the fuck did I do this? Uh, but that uh yeah i, I gotta say i uh i i you know i'm trying to just switch some things up with the show not switch things up but you know what i just saw this and i go like that would fit perfectly with the 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 episode all right we got a call we got another caller hello thanks for calling low value mail hello this is bill cosby <laughs> john's gone 
John's gone. I'm calling to see if Jerry Sandusky <laughs> is going to be released from prison. All right. Thanks, Bill. You know what? I've, I I kind of forgot that maybe the audience is not the right. I don't know. You guys can let me know if, if you like that or not. I It was just something. Um Sorry, everybody. If you didn't like that, don't worry. It's not. This is not the show now where I uh, interview people. Like I'm just, you know, I'm trying to switch things up. Uh, I like the guy. Honestly, he's got a good Twitter feed. Go check out his Twitter feed, Zygmunt Freud. Um, he's he's uh, he's pretty good um, in that sense. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I just I was watching it. I was like, this is such a crazy hill to die on, and it seems like he really regrets ever going down uh, this path. Now, do I regret going down this path? No, I do not. Uh, this episode is about conspiracies. He was, you know, made a point to say these are not conspiracies in uh, in that sense. I think honestly, I really. I can't tell. I was looking at the chat. Everybody's like, hang up on this guy. Not everybody, but then some people think you like it. I don't know. Y- you let me know. Um, it is, I will say, one of the hardest. If you have any questions, you want, you, you know, you have anything you want to, uh, any input on the matter, uh, please call in. Let me know. Let me know what you think about this. Let me know what you think about this in general, because this is a spicy topic. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Also, I heard that there was some lag on here, and then I felt it started off on such a bad foot because uh, the fucking the audio was all uh, off. But anyways, if you I, I feel like it's hard to even pivot into, hey, check out these other. Cons- Do you have any other conspiracies you want to talk about? But the phone lines are open. Six, four, six, seven, ten, zero, nine, four, nine. I'm going to. I wish I asked some more questions. Um, people are asking. Uh, Tony P says, can you please recap the argument? He basically has dedicated the last 10 years of his life uh, to the fact that Jerry Sandusky is, in fact, not not guilty of certain charges, but he is entirely innocent. And it was like this whole crazy thing. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Hey, Danny, it's Will. Will, how's it going, man? Okay, we got a lawyer. All right, here we go. Will, what do you think about all this? Will the lawyer. So I got to say, I am i don't really recall all of this. I was maybe like 16, 17 when all okay. this was happening. Yeah, because this was like the biggest story in the world when it happened. Yeah, I was 16. I was really watching the news. But I will say, in my experience, I will believe pretty much any prosecutorial misconduct story 
And like you saying, that really is what this comes down to in the end. I wor- I worked for the Innocence Project. I worked for uh, wrongful convictions. I've worked in police accountability in the city of Chicago. Prosecutors are scumbags. Yeah, I did a podcast recently, actually, um, with uh, I can't remember his name, but he was uh, he has a big podcast. I think it's called like the Boneyard right now and it's about this guy in florida who um is like they know he's not guilty of uh basically murder like they know it for a fact someone else has and they have all this evidence but like it requires the prosecutors in some small town to admit that they were wrong and he's just like they won't admit it so this guy's just like sitting in jail and they won't let him out no, it it almost reminds me of the story of uh, Carrie Max Cook. He was uh, wrongfully convicted in like West Texas, out in the middle of nowhere. As like he was a bartender at like a gay bar, straight guy, but he bartended at, like a gay bar at night. Okay. And one morning he, he wakes up for work. There's like police or whatever, like all over his like apartment complex. I'm like, oh yeah, like you know the lady and you know two B died. And it's like, oh shit, like that that's terrible. And like you know heads out for the day. And then the cops, like, th- and the prosecutors throw together this crazy story that, like, he went into a homosexual rage and, like, mutilated her body and, like, cut her to pieces. Meanwhile, some, like, professor at the university was having an affair with this woman. And they just asked him, like, hey, did you do it? And he was like, no, not at all. Anyways, Carrie Max Cook ends up spending, like, 20 years on death row before he's exonerated. Yeah, this guy's name find- is, uh, yeah. sorry, this, so it's, um, it's called the Bone, uh, Bone Valley uh, podcast and the guy's name is Gil- Gilbert King. He's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, uh, author, I believe. I- I'm not sure where he's. I believe he's like s- several different ones, but yeah, he covers this guy who uh, who's essentially um, just he's like he's innocent. He's like there's no question this guy is innocent, and they won't let him out. Yeah, and I, I'm not gonna say like all prosecutors are terrible. No, but obviously not. Some like, of these scummiest people. They they go towards that sort of like nexus of power. It's great for politics. Uh, I tried to look into actually the Sari, Jerry Sandusky prosecutors to see where they're where they are now. And uh, I guess like one of them just got like his license suspended for like a year, like two years ago. And the other prosecutors who are on this case were trying to like get his license reinstated or whatever. So it's it's like this close knit cabal. That's what this like, guy all these people Gilbert, know each other. Gilbert King said this exact same thing. If you if you listen to uh, the podcast I did, or he, he's on other podcasts, but uh, that's exactly what he said. He with the, and this is related to a different thing in Florida. But I think yeah. with the Sandusky thing, everybody's like, like I've never like I've heard you know different sides of many things. You know, like the other side of like a lot of things that everybody is like pretty. Uh, agreeable on but this is just one I'd never heard the other side of like I'd never heard that there was another side of Jerry Sandusky yeah again it's not one that I ever knew very much about but there have been other cases like that there was uh, in Virginia there was like I want to say it's like the Roanoke 7 or something or Roanoke 8 Mm -hmm. and apparently it's a bunch like uh, Navy guys who supposedly raped and murdered a woman and they like got one guy and they basically just like, you know, uh, interrogated him for like 13 hours until like he gave up his roommate just to get out of it. And they, they kept like getting these guys to confess, 
DNA tested them, and then it came back not as theirs. And the police are in interviews being like, oh, well, like, every time the DNA came back negative, it was like she was telling me there's still more out there. There's still more out there. And they have, like, eight guys all on the hook, not admitting any of them were wrongfully convicted. Right, because they have to uh, – it looks bad on them. The guy's well, like, name is uh, Leo Schofield, who's, and he's currently sitting yeah. in prison in Florida for, like, a murder that they're – this guy's certain he did not commit no well the crazy thing about this virginia one too is they made a documentary about it about how they caught all these guys in their conspiracy and so now they have all this footage of the police just being like yep we did our job like we got those bastards and then now like they read the whole documentary being like oh actually they messed up horribly and ruined these guys lives yeah 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 like if the whole jerry sandusky thing ended up being media sensation mixed together with prosecutorial misconduct and I mean, just, the you thing know, the is, with darker this guy, motivations. Why John, not? it's like John, like the guest is like, you can tell you like this probably like f- kind of fucked up his life to go down this path. Like I can't, like he said it himself. I was going to ask him like, do you regret doing this? But he said it in, you know, yeah, no, in certain no, terms, he's just like, yeah, I kind of <laughs> like, but then now that's why I, mean, I ended he up seems... doing corporate law because <laughs> I, I, I worked for the innocence project and stuff and some other things and like law school and whatnot. And I was like, oh, this, this is going to consume me. Sure. Sure. But it's different to like, it's one thing to be like, Hey, someone's like, uh, a, a murderer. And it was like a racist, like, you know, it was like they were a victim of racism. And that's why like you could get on their side without anybody, being any like blowback but this is just like it's an old white guy who literally was like accused of <laughs> raping kids systematically for 40 years like how are you supposed to be like you know what i think there's something going on here true though when i was working with the innocence project it was my undergrad in uh, texas and uh texans are kind of like that for any accused criminal a little bit they're like, oh, like they think you're out of the store. Why isn't he hanging? Right, right. But I mean, I guess it's like if you were to do like a podcast about, yeah, like like for example, this guy who I'm talking about, uh, who who I who I did the podcast, the Boneyard, Bone, yeah, Bone Valley podcast, or whatever, like Gilbert King. Like he's not like, oh, my reputation's at stake because I'm trying to get this murderer out. Like he's right, not, right. He's not Obviously, the Sandusky his, thing's a higher profile. The Sandusky thing is just like. So radioactive that he's just just, yeah, just yeah. involved. I mean, I almost didn't even like. I was having second thoughts about even just like having him on to talk about his shit because I was like, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, and even me, like I like I said, I wasn't that tapped into it. But like I know that I've watched like Law and Order SVU episodes that are based on this. It kind of like he said, like they don't really make that much sense, like you know, but. Like there's just this inclination of like, oh, like it's so steeped in now, it's so baked in. Yeah, and people don't like second guessing things once they've kind of accepted. No, them. and I guess in this, and he does make like reference, like uh, parallels to like because I guess the Catholic Church scandal was kind of blowing up simultaneously at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I still I still think, you know, and I'm going to put a poll in the chat here. Not that this is <laughs> means anything, but uh, I'm going to put a poll to see if people think this does this change their mind at all. Yeah, like he makes a, a 
compelling argument, I'd say, and I'm already predisposed to disagree with prosecution. I don't know much about this particular case one way or the other, but if you tell me prosecutorial misconduct, my default presumption is going to be, yeah, of course. Interesting. So, and that's coming from someone who is an attorney. Um, yeah. All right. Well, well, I appreciate it, William. How's the pool table? We get it yet? No, no, not yet. I realized I live in a two-bedroom apartment, and there's just absolutely no room in yeah, here for one. Yeah, the lady won't allow it. Um, all right, William. I appreciate you calling in. Thanks very much. No, no problem, Danny. Talk to you later. Take care. That's William. Everybody. So I put up a poll. Does this change your mind at all? So I'm not saying is he. Do you think he's innocent? I'm like, do does it change your mind at all? Currently, yes, 41%, no, 57%. So, you know what? Some minds, it seems like some minds have been changed. This guy's like the fucking regular day, modern day Stephen Crowder. Hello. What's up, Danny? The goob. How you doing, buddy? Man, I backed the right horse with William Trash. That guy is uh, a cool guy. Yeah, William's the man. I like William. Yeah. If I ever get in legal but, trouble uh, in Illinois, even though I know he's not a criminal <laughs> no. attorney, I'll certainly call him up. I also uh, agree with everything William said and think that people were it's a very emotional thing. Like the guy said, like just the accusation of, like you said, systematically raping kids. You don't need evidence at that point for most people like just that accusation. People are going to want to lynch the guy. Sure. And that's like what you saw in the chat. OK, so people you immediately yeah, people like God, people were getting fired up like the amount of of messages we were like just hang up on this guy like literally just like hang up on him hang up on him now you are like pretty steeped or, or not steeped but you, you know about a lot of conspiracies like you've told me I've, about a lot that i've never heard of had you ever I've heard seen of enough no but i've seen enough trials like i have watched some of these trials especially the high profile ones and what you see on the news and what actually happens in the courtroom are completely different. So, like, it's 100% believable that the news was, you know, just saying he's guilty, 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 and then if you actually watch the trial, you're like, oh, yeah, this is all bullshit. Like, that's 100%. I didn't watch this trial, but that's 100% believable. Yeah, I mean, I still, like, even him saying all this stuff, I, I don't know if there's a... Uh... I, I can't even explain it, but I'm still, like, hesitant to even, like allow myself to believe even though he says he's like look he's like there's you know he, he seems like i, I you know I, i've barely looked into this besides watching his youtube videos right yeah i don't have enough information to have a real opinion other than it's absolutely possible sure it is possible right. i guess yeah i guess th that would be a fair thing to say is that it certainly is possible and like i didn't know that like he's never even admitted an ounce of like he's never admitted one thing ever Jerry Sandusky like he's never said like I did any of these things which is crazy but again I guess a lot of criminals will you know be on death row and having done murders and be like I, I'm an innocent man so all right I don't know uh you you needed to ask about the balls that was the one thing you you kind of oh, dropped yeah, there yeah, man draw <laughs> <laughs> thank you Goob. um yeah, I, but yeah, uh, moments moments pass now but yeah the balls that was interesting balls he doesn't thing. have balls yeah I go that's <laughs> I, I think like he told me that and I was like I think my I just got fried there for a second I was like he doesn't have balls uh, yeah that's a lot of that's a lot to take in yeah not, and again you know. I don't know does not having balls mean you're incapable of being a pedophile it no but I think help, he made but... a good point with like no one mentioned that sure you would think right you know 
Yeah, you would but, think these are all pretty known things. Like if you go on Wik- like I went on Wikipedia and read the whole Wikipedia, not saying that that's a source of anything, but I'd say like that's like what the mainstream narrative would be. And that's not on there. There's no like no balls. Like most of the stuff he says not on there. Understandably, I wouldn't expect it to be, but do you want to completely change subjects yes, and talk about a I crazy conspiracy? To. Yes, please. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot about the, the pedophile guy. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a fun one that I've found recently is, uh, you know how everyone's afraid of clowns, yeah. right? But, like, people aren't afraid of mimes. And so, like, there's, like, something in our DNA that, like, makes us afraid of clowns. Well, and it's because the- mimes are inherently French. And what is that scary about something French? That is also true. But, but so also if you look at a lot of Indian cultures around the world, so um, if you type in Selknam, S-E-L-K apostrophe N-A-M in uh, like clown. S-E-L-K-M apostrophe M-A-N. N-A-M. Clown? Right, yeah. And you'll see images like they were an Indian tribe in South Argentina, real close to Antarctica. Um, the and they had clowns? like clown gods that they worshipped and then there's the hopi indians and who also worshipped uh clown gods and there's a bunch of other indians that worship clown gods and like even in some of the african tribes never heard of clown gods before well they're like their gods look like clowns right if you're looking at these images that i'm you know what i'm saying Yeah, yeah i'm looking at them right now they look bizarre one of them looks like a penis yeah. Kind of has this maybe. weird penis head. Or maybe but, like a squid. And there's even like cave drawings of like that look like clowns and stuff. So the conspiracy is that clowns are what Nephilim, like the half angel, half human, or half giant, half human, half alien, half human, whatever you want to believe they are, sure. right? Of the ancient world. They looked like clowns and like some of them were evil and that's why people are afraid of them. Um, and, and that's why, like, you find them in the, uh, you know, all across the world in like native American cultures. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I never heard of these. They look wild though. They have like these stripes. They like have these like chalk yeah. stripes. On them. The, so the Selknam, the Hopi, the Pueblo, the Karasan, and there's like a bunch of other Indians in different places that all have similar looking yeah you know all right well you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna put a pin in this and we'll uh look into it a little more on the on the after show we're gonna check out some of these uh these these clowns these clown gods it's a fun theory yeah yeah all right cool thanks buddy yep all right the goob everyone that was the goob uh the poll right now does this change your mind at all at all the emphasis about jerry sandusky currently 60 percent no 40 percent yes so it's not insignificant, uh, other than the fact that it's a small sample size. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Danny, what's going on? What is happening? Who am I speaking with? Hey, is Dylan from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Dylan from Milwaukee. How's it going, man? Not too bad yourself. I'm good. I'm good. So what did you, what did you think? Do you have something else you want to talk about, or you want to talk about the, the guests? I want to talk about more uh, miscarriages of uh, justice within the sports league. Sure. I'm here to talk about O.J. Simpson. Okay. 
And wait, he's you're, not are a you saying OJ Simpson was a miscarriage of justice? He's not. Well, I, I get. Yeah, that was. No, you're right. I'm sorry. That was a bad <laughs> poor choice. So I, I guess theoretically you could say the miscarriage of justice if you're saying that he was truly innocent of the murder. Uh, would he's be, not a murderer. Well, I know, but then that would be the. Um, I guess because they convicted him for the robbery or whatever, and they sent him to like the max in jail. And some people said that was, in another sports reference, a makeup call. Yeah, no, he's guilty of that. I mean, he's not a good guy. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to put that forth. He's not a good guy. Sure. Who's he's definitely now, an abuser have, and a thief. Do you have an uh, an opinion on who did? Kill yeah, his, I think it was his son Jason. That's what uh, someone says in the chat. Mavsami forty one says it was OJ son Jason. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I've, I'm with him. And yes. so, do you and think, I think that, that he another cut, guy, Corey? Think, yeah, the the his friend or something, right? OJ's friend. No, I'm sorry, another guy in chat, Corey. Oh, oh another guy in chat. Sorry. Uh, do you think OJ covered it up and knew that it was his son? Yes, absolutely. So one of the first things OJ did was hire a defense team for his son. Really? Yes. I did not know that. So what what is this the story here that his son just killed his mom and Ron Goldman? Uh, yeah. Well, pretty much uh, Jason uh, at this time he had a history of uh, drug abuse. It's said that he started using like uh, ecstasy, cocaine, and he started drinking at fourteen. Damn. He had a. Uh, three recorded suicide attempts at this point and the most important thing really is at this point he had three uh knife assault charges two of them on two ex-girlfriends and one of them he was uh on probation for attacking his boss with a kitchen knife crazy i did not know that so yeah you so think he was that... real like yeah violent was... and unstable <laughs> Did he have? CTE and that was his too? stepmom, and he really didn't like. Uh, he, he, he. It's you can. I mean, when you have a stepmom, you like you can kind of be like, "Oh, that person took my father away from my real mom," and there's always that resentment, you know, a little resentment. He's currently be. the head coach of a football team. Yes, I have heard. The, I've heard he's, he's doing a little better now at the University of. No, actually, no, no. That's a different. Martin. That's actually a different. Oh, uh, Jason Simpson. Oh, that's not the same Jason Simpson. Yeah, Jason Simpson. I don't know what's going on with him, actually, because I looked that up, too, and I had that. I was like, what? He's college football coach? And then it was a white guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Jason uh, Simpson is. Okay. Uh, There's an article here that I have. I, uh, Zach, says... I see you in chat. Yes. OJ was violent, but he's never had a weapons history. He never had a history of using weapons. Sure. But do, Jason, but do you need, do you think that the history, like, I'm sure there's a lot of, I guess the way that the OJ thing was trying to be framed was it was like a quote unquote crime of passion, which right. I would think generally there would not necessarily, or at least in historical crimes of passion, I could be wrong, but there wouldn't necessarily need to be a history of that specific because it's by no, nature, mean, it's like an emotional, like reactionary thing in the moment. And it's, that's what I wanted to say. Like, I'm not saying OJ is like a great man and he's not an abuser. He's definitely he's definitely done a lot of messed up stuff, but I don't think he's a murderer. Um, there was this investigator. His last name was Deer. I forget. I think his first name is William. William Deer. Okay. Who like bought an old storage locker from uh, Jason Simpson? Yeah. And he found a knife that matched the description of the murder weapon on the scene. 
What? In the storage locker. No way. And and what's it's not even the blade that matches. It's not even just the blade. Uh, Nicole Simpson had a, a, um, an injury on her forehead. That was like somebody hit her with the butt of the knife. Yeah. And they matched the butt of the knife to that wound as well. Damn, that's wild. I uh, uh that I'd never heard of. I've never heard. I think I've maybe heard something about the son having done it and OJ covered it up. But I didn't know the the storage locker stuff. That's uh, yeah. There's a there's actually uh, that I I forget if his first name's William, but I'm pretty sure his last name's Deer. And like he did a whole. He did he's a whole. like done like a whole like he spent years of his life investigating and. William. I mean, it, I mean, Jason. He's actually yeah, he, he's also had a history of taking knife fighting classes at the Army and Navy Academy. <laughs> really? He has no alibi of when the murders took place. The amount of DNA that was found at the scene that matched to O.J. Simpson covers up less than half of your thumbnail. So I mean, like, if you're going to talk about your ex-wife's home, like, obviously. Or you're at wife's home. Obviously, you're gonna have some DNA there. Sure. Um, I think if you murdered her, she would have your DNA under her fingernails. Um, OJ actually did a strip search for the LAPD the day after the attack. He had no signs of physical marks on his, and he was completely naked. He had no signs of physical distress on his body. And that Ron Goldman guy was a black belt martial artist and he had signs of like attacking, like fighting back. Yeah. So like he had and did bruises they find, all over his hands and arms and OJ son? didn't have a mark. Did they find the son oh, in like a... Jason was never questioned or suspected. Really? So he could have had yeah. these injuries and they would have just never, they would have healed. They before. never looked at him. Yeah. Someone says, Zach Hayes has cut on OJ. Did OJ not have a cut on his hand? Uh, I, I've never heard that he had a cut. Okay. I don't know. But maybe he did. I don't know. But I, um, there's just way more physical evidence that uh, he didn't do it. Interesting. Though. I will say that that is one of those things where it's like the narrative that just everybody's kind of just gone with. We go, OJ did it, and that's it. And I, I, hey. I've honestly never heard someone say OJ didn't do it. Either people say nothing or they say he did it. I think he's innocent, and if the glove don't fit, Danny, you must acquit. <laughs> yeah, you do. All right, thanks for calling. <laughs> right. Appreciate it. Yeah, take it easy. All right, that's a that's an interesting one. That's a that's a very interesting one. Yeah, Norm McDonald. He uh, would never. Norm would go was going real hard on the fact that OJ was a killer. I mean, maybe one of the greatest jokes of all time is is at the ESPYS. With uh, was it Desmond Howard? Where it's like Desmond Howard won the Heisman Trophy. That's something they can never take away from you, unless of course you murder your ex-wife and her boyfriend. Then they will uh, definitely take it away from you. Hello, yo, Danny, it's Maurice. Maurice, how's it going, buddy? How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. I do want to say, um, don't want to discourage you. I think guest episode would be good. But I think the Chad just turned on the guy yeah. when he kind of like talked down on you after the tech issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, like, I mean, it was my fault. I did ask him to come in five minutes before specifically so we could set it up. And then there's just like this one toggle on this one fucking thing. And because I don't have a producer, yeah, I, I just was like, oh, and I wasn't looking at the chat. And then I was like, and then I saw the chat. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I did feel kind of bad. I messaged him. He didn't message me to like come on the show i specifically was like hey you want to come talk about this shit 
Yeah, because when I saw you post it, I was actually excited. Like, oh, let me hear some crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that you know, like, if you're gonna, if your entire thing is talking about something crazy, you think it would be like as friendly as possible <laughs> to draw people in. I mean, you, you know, know what? It's I, I I honestly appreciate. Like I I understand where he's coming from or whatever, but like he probably doesn't get like a warm reception when he talks about this. Like, go look at his interview with Piers Morgan. They're just <laughs> fucking yelling at each other. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like he does. It's like, like let's just say that he's right. Okay, let's say he's completely right. Jerry Sandusky is completely innocent. Like he doesn't even get anything out of this other than mostly just like aggravation and like this is just just, like fucking up his life. But he's at the point where like I, I, like I haven't been anywhere with. Uh, you know, and his kids are pissed at him tonight too. I'm, so he's like, I'm sure the whole thing. I'm, you know what? Like, I'm sure as someone like he's a journalist. I'm sure if he's trying to get uh, you know, work or whatever, like people look him up and you're like, oh, this is the guy who defends Jerry Sandusky. Like, he can't probably get hired at a lot of like normal places. Yeah, like, like because of like you know, just that. Like, it, it's one of those things where it's probably like it's just so like I said, so radioactive. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is like, uh, again, like I said, I mean, I've said it many times, but when I saw this link and I was like, I've never heard in my life, the other side of this, that anybody was like saying, oh, he's not even that he wasn't not like guilty of certain things that he is completely innocent. I just was, couldn't believe it. But imagine yeah, I've never he heard that either. Like imagine and... that the, there's a, you know, whatever chance that that's actually true. And he's like, um, he's, you know, he's. He's certain of it. Yeah, and I do agree with, like, what Will and, like, the goob. They're like, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I think it's, like, 190 people have been proven innocent after they've been given the death penalty and executed. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay, our justice system is supposed to have, like, without a doubt, you're you're guilty. But, like, obviously that doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. Um it's more that like he kind of came off as a dick and everybody. Yeah, I felt. Yeah, I know. I know. He did it at first. And I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I did feel a little bad because I uh, was my, my mistake. But yeah, I, uh, <laughs> and I was like, hey, can you repeat all the things you just said for the last like four minutes? Yeah. But uh, so what do you think about the Jer- How old are you, Morris? Uh, I'm 29. I mean, I was in high school. And so like I really wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Like. And like, you know, I just figured it was just like, oh, you know, some like a normal, like, I guess, quote unquote, normal pedophile thing. It's like, yeah, that was a thing, whatever. Sure. I mean, it was crazy because like Paterno was this god at Penn State. Like he really was this like untouchable guy. And then they just like fired him. And then, yeah, he died two months later. Yeah. And like, I did like, read that Malcolm Gladwell book he referenced. Yeah. Oh, and something else I saw somebody in chat want to bring up. Um. He at least has a thread of truth with the uh, false memory thing, because that's kind of with the whole satanic panic, where therapists will like hypnotize people and be like, "Actually, you were raped," and then just fathers were sent to jail for oh, years. Oh, you know what? We got bad news here, Maurice. My Wi-Fi just went out, so I'm just talking to you on the phone right now because there's no. Show. Oh fuck! All uh, right. Let's see if we get it back. Um. Um, I guess as a quick aside, I asked chat GPT to write a script. Hold on. Give me one second. Let's see if this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we got this back. Uh, the stream. Sorry about that. Oh yeah. It just went down on my end. Yeah. Okay. We're back. Sorry about that. Everybody. The Wi-Fi just decided to go out because I live in New York city where you can't get reliable Wi-Fi. 
Uh, so, but we're back. We uh, are back. Oh no, it ended the show. Fucking YouTube. Oh damn. That's ah stupid YouTube. All right. Yep, I just got kicked. Yeah, it just ended the show. Ah shit. It seems like there's always something. Uh, always something. Wi-Fi went out. Okay, well. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how to restart this. Maybe maybe I'll just make the Patreon episode just available for everybody tonight. Okay, yeah. I did want to bring up a conspiracy, but like I can wait until... Yeah, let's wait. Let me know, let me bring live. this back online, and then uh, and we'll figure this out. All right, All right cool. All right. All right, welcome back, everybody. Apologies for that. We're starting the after show a little early and a little different. I know it looks different, but we can switch it back. Um, the Wi-Fi went out at the... Is it a conspiracy? I don't know. Is it? Uh, but the fucking Wi-Fi. Thanks very much, everybody. Um, for, for joining me. Uh, we got a free... Uh, free Patreon episode this week, I guess. We're, we're opening it up for the people. Um, Sorry about that. Yeah, legitimately my Wi-Fi. I wonder if there's some sort of way I can set up like a contingency uh, internet so that it automatically pairs to um, like my phone's data. Uh not, I don't even know. Does anybody care? I don't know. Um, is there a coincidence that the Wi-Fi goes out when we're talking about all this spicy Sandusky stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but we're here. All right. We got a call. Hello. Hey, Danny. It's Maurice again. What's up, dude? Hey. Yeah, just rejoined the stream. I do want to answer your question. I just heard about you asking for contingency stuff. Yes. Uh, I'm a software engineer guy. Okay. Um if you get one of those like mobile hotspots in like Verizon or T-Mobile, so yeah, you could set up your computer so if your main Wi-Fi goes down, it auto connects to that mobile puck. I use a Mac. Like, I use a MacBook. So I have a MacBook Pro. Can okay. I? Can I just have it where if it like loses the wi the problem is is once it loses the connection, I think YouTube has a thing where like in two seconds it just times you out, and that's just the yeah, end you- of the stream. Well, you can have it that, like, if your connection starts getting a little weak, you know how streams will say, like, sure. low quality, yeah, yeah, yeah. take over. Because it was having that tonight, and I'm like, it can't just be because I'm on Skype. Like, that cannot be using that much uh, bandwidth, yeah. just, like, a Skype call. And are you on Wi-Fi, or, like, are you hardwired in? No, I'm on Wi-Fi. We don't even have the option to be... I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I could be hardwired because I'm on a laptop. Um, like with I, the Macs, you could get a Thunderbolt to Ethernet connector. Oh, okay. And then, you know what? That's probably a pretty good idea. I probably should just do that from now on. It makes worlds of difference. Yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm I'm going to make a note for myself. Thank you, Maurice. I'm going to get the Thunderbolt. For uh, sure, for sure. Because, um, yeah, that that is, uh, that is a good idea. All right. Well, we're back. Uh, we lost 90% of the people, but it's fine. It's how, it's how it goes. Uh, all right. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. one conspiracy that's pretty much been confirmed, uh, but then a bigger one. Did you see, like, the, the ex-Coca-Cola exec revealing how, like, Coca-Cola, like, paid all these, like, uh, body, body positivity influencers to be like, obese is racist if you say anything. No. 
No, I did yeah. not see that. I think his name is like Kaylee or Casey, something like that. Like he left Coca and like uh, Coca Cola actually lobbied Congress to make sure sodas and like sugary drinks are on the food stamp program to make sure like poor people would always be addicted. Okay. Like, like it's pretty crazy if you see some of the files he published. Uh, well, he's like a Coca Cola whistleblower. Uh, he's a former exec, and then just I decided, uh, like fuck all this shit. Like you guys are being unethical. Oh, okay. I I don't. Yeah, if you if you can. Uh, Let me you, look up his yeah, name. Yeah, real point quick. me if you find his name. I just actually oh. ma- made the uh, stream. Um, Kaylee means C A L L E Y means C A C A L L Y E Y. You Kaylee means Coco Kaylee. Hi, I'm Kaylee. I'm running. Kaylee means lifestyle habits. Coco. His Twitter has like a picture of him and his kid. Uh. Kaylee needs a picture of him. Yeah, I found him. Okay, I'll give him a follow. And so his thing is on the missing to change. She's okay. And so he used to work at Coca-Cola. Oh, he says, yeah, early in my career, I consulted for Coke to ensure sugar taxes failed and soda was included in food stamp funding. Um, I saw, I say Coke's policies are evil because I saw inside the room. The first step in the playbook was paying the NAACP yep. and plus other civil rights groups to call opponents racist. Uh, and then he says, Coke gave millions to the NAACP and the Hispanic Federation, both directly and through front groups like the American Beverage Association. This picked up in 2011 and 2013 when the farm bill and soda taxes were under consideration. Uh, and then he goes on. Yeah, this is the campaign where it was like, uh, there's no such thing as bad food or nutrition. Right. You know, obesity is all genetic. So so that way, like, you know, drink as much Coke as you want. Chill. Yeah, yeah, um, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the I, I real conspiracy I want to talk yeah, about yeah, was the uh, Vegas shooter that was just like memory hold. I don't think it was memory hold. I was just in Vegas actually uh, for Skankfest, like whatever. In I can't remember when it was September or something. And it's like we were we were like walking. Around. I mean, my girlfriend's like obsessed with all that shit, and uh, she like really loves that stuff. And we we were kind of like walking around, and uh, I mean, it, like it's not memory hole. I just like I don't know. They don't have a real answer for it, or if well, they do, maybe, they're not sharing it. Yeah, maybe not memory hole is the right word, but it's not as like you know, out of all the other mass shootings in America's history, it doesn't like get that level of attention, and yeah. it gets the most deadly mass shooting. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is the most deadly mass shooting. I, I will say one crazy thing uh, is how there's been, in the last, like, 48 hours, three, the California elder, ones? Yeah. three elderly Asian people Dude, ha- have, I was, have committed mass shootings. I was just thinking that. It's kind of like, like a little fucked up, but, like, good for Asians for getting on the scoreboard, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, when I think of mass shooter, I think of, like, white kid or black kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean... But they're like elderly, like like yeah. the one there was the the video of the guy who disarmed the sh- the shooter the other day who killed ten people, and the guy was seventy two years old, and it was crazy because like the way he was like, like I would have pummeled that old man. I, at least I that's you know I watch that and that's what I feel like if the guy's trying to yeah, take same. this gun back from me, I'm like I would have beat the absolute shit out of that old man. Have you read about that one about like at least the prominent? 
reasoning behind it so far? No, no. I honestly, I haven't even really looked into it. I've been so busy with all this other shit. Uh, please enlighten me. Yeah, so that one, you know, is that like a um, Chinese New Year like dance club? Not like a clubby club, but like where adults go to dance. Yeah. Um, and his wife divorced him last year, uh, and he found out like this other guy invited his wife to this club to party, and just whatever thing like triggered him, and he was like, "All right, well." I'm going to go kill my ex-wife and the guy and everybody else. Damn. I can't believe people are like still at 72 are like into that petty bullshit. Right. You know, you're like, man, it's like you're fucking 72 years old. Like just, I don't know. Like, does it hurt worse when you're 72? Cause I guess you're like, it's probably pretty hard to go find somebody new. Well, cause then you're like, Oh, I'm for sure going to die alone now. Yeah, But I don't know. My, um, my, my girlfriend, her, aunt just got married and she's like in her late 60s and i think the guy she got married to is like in his 70s i don't know like it could be done and they're like getting yeah uh not john glenn is it john glenn who just got married the the astronaut oh yeah yeah oh no is it buzz aldrin buzz aldrin like he's like 94 and he just got married yeah well i mean he is an astronaut he is an astronaut yeah i don't think this old chinese man can compare with uh, (laughs) buzz aldrin but i mean it could be done it's probably like I feel like if I was 72 years old and you're like, you got to get remarried, I'd be like, ah, what's the point? I'll just die. Same. Like, if anything, I will just like, well, I'm about to die. My soul, like, let me try heroin or like, give me some hookers or something. Sure, sure. But I, I mean, I guess if you're 72, like, uh, yeah, I wonder how much hookers could even do for you. Uh, I don't know. You always hear those stories of, like Hugh Hefner or something like, you know, you guys have Bluetooth as a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't have Bluetooth as a sponsor. We, we've never had them. Uh, maybe, oh, you did? No, no, no. We've never had Blue Chew as a sponsor. I don't know why. I think there's an issue with them in YouTube, potentially. Oh, interesting. YouTube, Is it because it's a substance? I think YouTube has all these rules about what type of advertisers you're allowed to have. Like, that's how Steve Will Do It essentially lost his channel. Is uh, oh, right. is from gambling. Uh, he was trying to, like, circumvent their gambling um, rules. You can't do, like... like uh, I think you can do CBD, but you can't do like Delta eight. You're not allowed to, even though it's legal, like anything that's like weed, uh, nicotine products are very, um, are very, uh, forbidden on YouTube has, I mean, YouTube's are trying to be a f- fairly family friendly platform. Yeah. So yeah. Did you, those new policies fuck you guys where like in the first 30 seconds, you can't say anything. Well, that's why I don't know if people have noticed, but. I not that I even make very much money off of low value mail. Like I don't like honestly the ad revenue from it is like literally single dollars, but just for future purposes, I, uh, because you never know, maybe like one day the channel will blow up and then people will go back to watch it retroactively. Yeah. But, uh, because that girl, like in the low value mail intro, she says, fuck at exactly the eight second mark. Like I went back and looked and it's exactly at the eight second mark. And YouTube has a thing where if you have swearing within the first eight, I think it's eight seconds or eight to 15 seconds, Uh they they often will demonetize the entire thing. So now I have a minute of just like that blinking low value mail background just to essentially circumvent that. That's so crazy. Definitely feel that YouTube is trying to be, I, I guess, more family. I mean, it makes sense for advertisers. And it's stuff, just like, like they're trying to have the biggest advertisers. And like, yeah. you know, they want all the like, you know, top tier advertisers. And I guess, you know, uh, that's, it just doesn't feel like, you know, like you like by name, it's supposed to be like 
you and like there's so many different type of people so many different type of creators yeah that just like shunning people yeah i guess they just don't have different types of advert like i don't know how they bucket their advertisers in that yeah. way so i i'm not really uh i'm not really sure how that works but yeah like the last boys cast like with kurt and che like we bleeped out a bunch of stuff at the beginning and people were like not a lot of people were like i hated listening to that but it was to not get age restricted because then once you get age restricted less people see it uh you know you, you need an account to watch it like all that stuff so well do you think that like how you do you have like that minute of blank like yeah. if everybody starts doing that and then everybody just clicks one minute into the video of course to like bypass all that yeah well i do it as a live stream which i think is a little more normal but i think for a, like a scheduled podcast it's a little weirder to just have a minute of nothing yeah like because at least for my thing is like a minute is just gives people a little time to just like get in and yeah settled in settled in get into chat. watch the show but um yeah i don't know um all right marissa you got anything else um, no, just the Coca-Cola thing. If you want to look into that, Mario's I appreciate the little, the, the little hip on the hardwire thing though. I'm going to try that. Cause this is probably oh, like yeah, the for... fifth time that we've had internet issues and, but I don't know, you know what though? It might not even be a solution because it might not have been the router. That was the problem. It might legitimately be the actual internet. Just like spectrum just sucks like that. Spectrum is the worst fucking internet on earth. And it's mm-hmm. like the default internet. Like we don't have a second option. That see that that's those monopolies and duopolies are the most infuriating thing for internet. It's crazy because it's like New York City. It, it it has to do all with the type of building you're in. We're in an older building. The older buildings are just not wired. Like I live in my building that I live in in Brooklyn with my girlfriend. It's a newer building, and I get like my internet is like two hundred megabytes up and two hundred down, and it's thirty five dollars a month. It's like insanely cheap. Our, oh, yeah. our internet at the studio is like 200 megabytes download and 10 megabytes up or 20 megabytes. Oh. And it's like a hundred dollars because it's, Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's really insane. Um, all right, Maurice. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Later, man. Bye-bye. Maurice, everybody. Um, yeah, the phone lines are open. We can, uh, if you have anything that you wanted to call and talk about, we lost, we lost our poll. Uh, I want to see. I want to see if I can find the final results of the poll. I think it was uh, about sixty percent of people um, said that their mind was not changed at all. At all is the operative term here, because obviously we would. And forty uh, percent said theirs. I guess they have some doubt, which again, for something like that, is beyond a, beyond a reasonable doubt. So, John John's doing some sort of work here. Hello. Yo, Danny. It's a restart. What's up, man? How you doing, dog? Not much. Uh, so, just want to go back to the original crazy guy that you had on. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, what what is the benefit if he is right? Like, at this point, why does it even matter if he's right? Like, I don't think. Well, that's what months, I think. I asked him that, and I he kind of like gave me. He's just like, he well, because like it's the truth. No sense. Well, he just said he yeah. goes because it's the truth. He's like that. He's like, if I'm right. Then there's like an innocent man who's rotting in jail, who's like Justin. Well, I don't think Biden was uh, elected president properly, but I'm not 
put myself out there investigating the world. Sure. Well, this guy is a journalist by trade. So it's not like he's an engineer who decided to dip his toe into like journalism. He is a journalist. I mean, I, I am wondering, like, he said that the the way he got onto this was that when he was in the news, he just was like, this is too unbelievable, which seemed odd that you're like, just like, I, I mean, I guess, I don't know, like as someone who I'm, you know, I'm not a journalist, but if a story came out and I go, that is so unbelievable, it would end there. What? Like, I would just be that's like, that's my point. Like, who cares and he, especially at this point, it's like it seems like a kind of a dead subject. Well, I, I'll say, I mean, it is in a sense like he he does a podcast. Uh, I don't know if his podcast talks that much about the Sandusky stuff now because I don't think there's any new developments. But all of his videos and stuff, they're all like 10 years old, 8 to 10 years old. So I don't I think it's one of those things where it's a bit of like a sunk cost where he's just gone so far and like. Is is he's just so he's in so deep that I don't think he can, like almost you almost think that the only way out of this is for him to get Sandusky exonerated. Like he would be like a hero if if he did that. If somehow Jerry Sandusky would be exonerated, like maybe that's that's almost the like he needs that at this point. I don't know. Like again, if he's right and he goes, look, that's just like it's the truth. It's the fact is is that because I was. When I started getting into this stuff, like like re, you know, watching his videos, I was like, oh, he just is saying like he's not as guilty as people are saying. And then I'm like, he's like, no, he's innocent. He did nothing. And I'm like, but what if I find that I found that so hard to believe? But I guess you know, William called in, and I, I suppose it's possible. Do we know he's not in Nambla? I, I don't. He's not in Nambla. He's like a fairly like he, reputable journal. You know, he writes for like media. Not that that says any. I don't know. Does Nambla yeah, most does Nambla the, post their lists of? Uh, I don't know if it's public, but that's why I wish we would have <laughs> at least got that out of the no, way. Just no, 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 like, no, no, no. He's we this can guy's like a off that. like this guy has like I I was uh I don't know if it was in this photo, but there was like another like thing he did. He's like he has like an Emmy in the background. Not that that even means, but it's like he's like literally like won an Emmy and shit like. He, I think he's just like he went down this path that he can like literally just like in terms of journalism that he just he can't come back from. It was yeah, like one of those yeah, things where you're like, once you go down this, there's there is really no coming back. And now he's just like, so why wouldn't he? Like the only way out of this is for him to really just be proven right. I think because if he's proven I right, mean, I- he probably gets all the stuff that he's lost back for the most part. Correct, but I would also argue the reason you wouldn't do it is because everybody thinks you're in Nambla. Right. I mean, dude, like I said, I almost didn't even have him on because I'm just like, this is so spicy. Like, you know, like who wants to hear from a guy who's saying like, and I said it on the main show, but like who wants to listen to a guy saying that this guy who's like a fucking like a systematically raping children actually is innocent and didn't do any of that. Like you don't even, there, there's, there's all, no appetite for it from day one though. There was a bunch of people that were huge fanboys saying this never happened. It was never real. Never looked into it all. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I, but, and again, like that, that was then this is, we have, you know, uh, over a decade of, like this guy is like again. I, I feel like he's overturned every stone on this one. This is how but I could I'm, end up with Peter Shickley, to be honest. I could see me turning into this guy, but for Peter Shickley. 
which we're still waiting on that document. I can't get a hold of him. I honestly, I've I've been email. I've emailed his children. I've. Have you showed up to his apartment? That's the one thing I don't want to do. I, I guess I could. I'm like, I you feel show like. show up with like a gift basket, <laughs> like a comedy gift basket. And you're like, hey, I wanted to give you this and give you a little interview. Like, I, I honestly, I'm like, I feel like I've exhausted every, uh, other than that. That's the only thing I have not done is shown up at his house. But, and again, I don't even know if it's his house. That might just be, it's like his merch address. Well, I'm, you gotta drop off the merch. Here. I'm hoping that he tweets. Actually, one of my things is uh, I'm hoping that he tweets, and then I'll hopefully I can catch his eye uh, by responding to a tweet. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I was just wondering, like, why is that the hill to die on? Was my main thing. Uh, honestly, I think a lot of people, I a lot it. of people, just, ask that exact so same question. Much- fucked up shit we don't talk about the u.s liberty incident you know yeah yeah of so course much, so much fucked up i mean we do happened. on the bathhouse we, we, were, talking, we were talking of about it on the bathhouse a few weeks ago that's true that was awesome yeah yeah good call on you um but yeah no i, I get it i I mean we don't I, I i don't know like like i said why this thing i i think he just is as it was something that for whatever reason piqued his interest and he is you know talking to him and watching the stuff he is certain he doesn't even say like I'm pretty sure. He goes, I'm certain he's innocent. Like that. So which by is, that logic, that means every fucking kid lied. Every everybody. In the he's, whole thing lied that's is, what he's saying. Yeah, logic. he's saying they all got all these huge sums of money and like I, again, I, I find kids, it hard personally hard to believe. The kids involved in stuff. What's that? Weren't the kids involved? Involved, um, I, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I don't know this story that well other than the stuff I've watched. But, I mean, someone in the chat was, was posting all the payouts that all the people got. And, like, they all got for testifying against him. Like, I think the lowest was, like, $4 million. And there was another uh, so conspiracy. The there was another thing I was listening to as well with him where he was saying that Penn State, like, couldn't get rid of Joe Paterno. Because, like, Joe Paterno was kind of, like, over the hill a bit as a coach. And they couldn't get rid of him because, like, you just couldn't fight. He was unfireable at the time because he was just, like, such a legend. So this was kind of, like, an out for them as well. Again, these are all theories. I well, the reason that doesn't work is Bobby Bowden for FSU was the same way. They made him retire. Well, they may, I guess that was the issue is they couldn't get Joe Paterno to leave. I don't know. I, I don't even know college football that well. I know who I Joe. All, I, I know Joe Paterno. Before it's all controlled by the CIA. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even care that much. But I'm just like, <laughs> what? What a stupid fucking hill to die on if that's your hill. Is at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, but like I said, you know the the other guy who the Bone Valley guy who is like you know, it's he he is choosing to be on this hill of like getting this guy who's like a a mur- who murdered his girlfriend. He's like, this is my hill, but the problem is nobody's asking him to die on it. Like, he's not being required. It's not that crazy of a thing, I guess, where they're like, you need to die on this hill. It's just like, it's not as radioactive as, you know, being a fucking... Yeah, defending a pedophile. Defending yeah, a, a serial pedophile. But it's like, you know, this dude is potentially has murdered his girlfriend. It's not like he's a fucking... You know, it's, that's not like have, that's nothing. But nobody we cares. We do have admission to... 
an old man showering with a bunch of college kids. That's crazy weird, no matter what scenario. Sure, sure but like uh, like he said, he goes, you know, it, it seems like what he was saying is it's, you know, it's not like some shower with like like these stalls and they're in these stalls. It's more like a bay of showers, like in almost a prison or something. Okay, and like, how many prison uh, movies have you seen where the guard <laughs> is showering with them? Right. <laughs> That's what I'm well, saying. I guess like, they're not the saying scenario I, where he's in there makes no sense. Also. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I didn't even get to bring it up, but so it was like really damning for him. But he did a uh, an interview with Bob Costas, which I guess I I didn't like, consciously remember, but I guess I kind of regurgitated it. And then he asked him, he goes like, are you sexually attracted to young boys? And Sandusky goes he repeats the question. Like he doesn't just be like, no, he goes, am I sexually attracted to young boys? He goes, uh, he's like, no, he's like, I mean, I'm attracted to boys in the sense that like, I like hanging out with them, but like nothing set. Like the answer was so fucking insane when you're being accused of something like so heinous to be like, you have to think, for a second and then clarify. He goes, no, I'm not sexually attracted. I'm attracted in the sense that like, I like hanging out with young people, but like yeah, not sexually, but he's like, not Mambo sexually. Says, yeah. yeah. Mambo <laughs> says the same shit. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's I mean, basically I, about raping young boys. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, the, the whole thing was, I was on the fence about even having him on as a guest, but I just was like, it was an interesting thing to me. I wasn't coming on to be like, hey, let's start a Sandusky defense fund or anything. Like, I, th- I no, thought at first I, I didn't. I was like, this is ridiculous. But at the same time, I, I the, for the concept of the show, it's perfect. Yeah, uh, I, and luckily, I, everybody's like, fuck that guy. So yeah, yeah. I guess it was because he was like kind of a little rude off the top or whatever. But yeah, like, he told you he's like, Are you piece of shit. I'm gonna get out of here. And yeah. You're like, I'm. <laughs> Sorry, I had a little technical. Yeah, issue. you, you, you know what? You never off. know. He probably like was just arguing with his wife, and she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, she, like again, like I can't imagine his family is super pumped that he's still doing this shit. Yeah, like his family's probably like, "For the love of God, give this up." That's what I'm. So he doesn't even <laughs> care about his family. That's what I mean. Like this is. There's no way he's not Mambo. Basically, I don't think I'm so. That I, that I don't think so at all. I don't. I think. wish you would have asked that. You made us take the poll with all these. Questions. I know, we but I was. Like, I couldn't ask them all. And then also, I'm like, that didn't seem like that was a. Like I was. I wasn't gonna ask him. Are you Nambla? Like that would be ridiculous. Well, question. that would explain a lot if he said yes. At least I'd he's know where try, he's coming from. I watched so many things of his. He's not like thinks that uh, adults should be with children like it's not about that at all he just thinks with children no he doesn't even think that either he just thinks this is the greatest miscarriage of justice he literally said he's like this is the like the like the biggest one in that he's ever encountered read about anything in his life that's the crazy thing there's so much bigger (laughs) ones so many more bigger ones that's why it's so confusing i guess i guess not to him what a crazy guy. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, but also, like, you know, maybe there's a 1% chance that he's actually the most sane guy. Maybe. But then that goes back to my point of why does it even matter at this point? You should have just dropped it. Who gives a shit anymore? Okay, well, I'll, I'll, piece of shit. Like, I'll, what I'll, college is good? Well, I'll say why I guess he wouldn't drop it, like I said, is that I think it's his only way out, is that if he's proven right, like, I imagine there's people, like, you know, colleagues and stuff who don't talk to him anymore. And, like, 
I would guess I, yeah, could, that, I could be talking about my ass, but I'm like, I can't imagine this had a positive effect on his career. Not at all. And that's where you shut the fuck up until you're proven right. And then you come out and say, look at all this crazy shit. But I he said. says he Turns has the, right. Again, he says he's like, I have all the proof. It's just like you can't. There's the, the way that the justice system is, is set up where he's like, I can't do anything about it. But he's like, I have in his mind, the way he frames it. He's like, I have all the which proof. I. I understand, but he like I was shocked. He's saying every single person lied to him. Yeah, that's that's the conclusion of his argument is that every single person went on trial lied. Possible, but God, that's so crazy. Again, which is why so- it was funny because when I reached out to him and I go like, I'm doing the show about conspiracies, and and he's like, uh, and he's like, it's not a conspiracy theory, and I go, I know, but it is a conspiracy though. It must be if you're saying that. 40 people independently lied or whatever, or however many like lied. I'm like, that does seem like that falls under. I mean, you think you'd have an email from somebody or something he could have pulled up or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Nothing like that. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was, that was my two cents. I wanted to All right, thanks, just put out there that I'm convinced he's in Nambla and <laughs> just seems like a stupid. I don't think die. so. Like, honestly, go watch his videos. You're like, like it is. I agree. Crazy hill to die on. Um, but I think it's one of those things where you're like, he's gone too far. And then I don't know, like, I guess if, if you were like started poking around and then you were certain you're right, you're probably like, you know, fuck, I don't know. I, I, I probably shouldn't keep this like the right thing to do. If, I guess if you believe in like absolute, like right and absolute wrong, I guess the right thing to do is what he's doing. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. If it's... you if you smoke enough meth, you will believe anything. <laughs> I also know that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's a drug user. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh... Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he needs to chill out and smoke a joint or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, thanks, dude. All right, see you, bud. Wait, wait. Let's restart, everybody. Um, yeah, I, uh, I again, I agree. Wild shit. It's um. All right, so we got how many people we got watching? Thank. This is a preview of the Patreon. This isn't really a preview of the Patreon because normally, uh, with the Patreon, what we do is, um, we remove. Oh, here we go, Joe the lawyer. All right, we got another attorney here, Joe the lawyer. How you doing, my man? Hey, Danny. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. How you feeling? You sound better. I'm uh, doing okay. <laughs> a little bit of a cough, but otherwise fine. Okay. Um. So I just wanted to play uh, devil's advocate here for a minute. Okay. Um, so from his point of view, he, it's, it's like, yeah, it looks like, oh, there's 40 people. Are they all lying? But yeah, I'm sure that I, you know, I hear most of the people uh, who call in would probably say that, you know, there are, there were how many scientists, countless, who were lying about, uh, you know, the COVID vaccine. Sure. So <clears throat> what, what, what the thing is, there are people that it was in their financial interest or whatever it is, and I can understand why, you know, someone. I mind you, I, I don't believe this guy, but you know, I don't subscribe to that. But I can understand why he would think that uh, when you're in a certain mindset, and and it's not impossible. Yeah, if people have a financial interest, for sure. Uh, I mean, people lie about stuff all the time. People, <laughs> I mean, it's it's famously understood. I think that. Uh, your memory, the further you get away from incidents, like can be greatly changed from like what actually happened. Like uh, that happens a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, again, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, 
it is a like it just was one of those things. I was just so taken aback because I had just never heard that there was another side to this. Like that anybody was trying to like go out on a limb and being like, "Hey, there's way more to this story." Like, let alone that he was innocent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also just the thing is that you have to hand it to him the fact that he's willing to risk his career and everything for this because he has like he's like <laughs> there's no question that this is probably really done some pretty irreparable damage if i had to guess i mean like i you know i i'm someone that i think has you know pretty good moral convictions but if it came down to ruining my life and my family i don't know if i would stick with it yeah like, okay fine just give me the vaccine i i want to you know get out of the country of course like, of course i i mean i definitely i think most people i at the end of the day you operate in some sort of sense of self-preservation Right. And you say like, hey, you know, that's like maybe the like maybe he is innocent, but I'm not willing to risk everything I have over that. Like you need to be in a, a certain position maybe to do that. I don't know. Uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah uh, it's it's uh, I mean, again, I was I was shocked that there was even like when I saw his thing framing Joe Paterno and I was like framing Joe Paterno. What the fuck? And then I click on his website and I'm like. Holy shit. Like, and there's like all these documentaries. He's given all these interviews. And I was like, oh man, like, this is not like some. And he would not like a crazy fringe guy. Like, you know, he's like a pretty main, you know, he's won an Emmy. Like, he, he wasn't even like some crazy tinfoil hat out there, dude. Like, I, I don't know. It, it is a wild story. Uh, would you, uh, so you were looking, I saw on Twitter for like different uh, people to have as guests. Yeah. Do you think you'd be able to get Sam Bankman freed? Seriously? No. <laughs> I saw you tweeted about that in the Caroline Ellison for female dating strategy. I mean, you're an attorney. You, I heard his attorneys have his initial first attorneys fired him because he would not stop tweeting because I can't, I, I can only imagine how much extra work and just pain that that causes them. Uh, and just all that stuff. But I mean, he had his Substack that he, but I don't know. No, I. I mean, if he wants to call in, I'll, uh, I'll happily have him call in and ask him <laughs> where the fuck my money is. You know, um, I actually had a, uh, a managing partner of the firm who embezzled a bunch of funds. Uh, 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 how much? Like a really substantial number? Um, yes, but uh, he was very, very smart about it. Okay. So it was technically legal. Um, basically he had, he was the man, managing part, basically in charge of the firm. Then he had started another company in his wife's name as like a consulting, uh, firm and just kept on sending them cases, paying exorbitant amounts of money from the firm's money to this firm that he secretly owned in his wife's name. And, uh, <laughs> he got caught and, uh, you know, left. But technically, he didn't do anything illegal other than like a conflict of interest. So right, so that's pretty clever. And yeah, he got to keep the money. He did. Oh, wow! Uh, was so it, it was like millions, millions. So it was almost yeah. like worth it. To a yeah, for, I mean, it, it, he hasn't uh, worked since, and uh, you know what? I'm also really surprised about is the fact that he was very much so an alcoholic. There was not an afternoon he did not smell like. Uh, like alcohol, you know, yeah. yeah, and he still managed to pull this off. <laughs> it's wild. This is impressive, I guess. Uh, I don't think Sam Bankman-Fried. I could be wrong. It doesn't seem like he's going to be exonerated in a similar way. Just just based on what I've heard, like the John Ray, uh, 
the current CEO, who's uh, essentially just going through the mess, said like it was one of the worst. Um, like just it was so everything was so sloppy. Like it was essentially like if you just took eight college kids and then had them their business just you know blow up into a multi billion dollar <laughs> enterprise like in a short period of time. Right. Yeah. I don't think though that it was necessarily something that he intended on doing wrong i think it was more i don't so. think so either I, I i and i think i said this i don't think he was planning on this i think he was trying to dig himself out of a hole and then he did illegal things as a result yeah yeah i mean that's usually how it goes yeah, uh, people are, in exactly. generally aren't malicious it's no. just incompetent it's it's similar to like the like i watched have you seen the madoff documentary um i haven't on netflix like essentially like he started this thing and then it was slightly different but it just like you know he had this super successful business i never even really knew this actually but he had this really really successful trading business and then he had this just this like off the books secret investment advisory company that was a total fraud that he just like it just got kind of got away from him because he he made this one decision where um all these all his cl- the clients lost money like 30 grand or something which was in like the 60s so i guess it was a lot of money and then instead of just owning up and being like i fucked up he said that he actually was like this genius and um he they didn't lose any money and so people asked for their money back and then he got a loan to pay them all back and then they're like oh this guy's like a wizard like this is amazing. Like he and that one decision essentially like led him down this uh path that he could like never and I and that's the thing. Like with that investment advisor, it's not like he was even trying to like recoup the losses. There was never a trade placed ever. Oh wow. Yeah. Um I actually remember uh when the ad for that uh, documentary came out uh in like the Jewish areas of uh, social media. They were trying to <laughs> accuse it of anti-Semitism because it had made off with like, you know, money and stuff behind like, <laughs> see, it's a... <laughs> Was it a profile shot? I don't, I, I don't know. But, uh, I can see like the like, Jews being like, oh, you had to do, the... to do Like, you yeah, did you... steal money. I know, but like, they're like, you got to do the profile photo with that beak on them. <laughs> It's like, look, it's making Jews look like money. Like, he, he kind of did calm people out yeah, of money. Yeah. I mean, I he's know. like the greatest. I mean, again, he was the greatest uh, fraudster until another Jew came along. So it's not looking good. <laughs> not looking good. Yeah. Um, all right, Joe. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, the boss who embezzled the money was Irish. So there you go. Yeah. Shout, out, uh, shout out to the Irish in the chat and who's watching. You know, you can do it, too. <laughs> they, they all they come in all shapes and sizes. Um, all right, yeah. Joe. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Um, Joe. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about? Because I, I, I'm I have another guest actually lined up. I'm going to be doing these. I think I'm going to be doing these guests. Like I want to get just whack. Not to call him wacky, but just out there, people without their stories. I have a guy who uh, I have coming on who I've met one time before. Uh, I'm, his name is Adam Green. He does this thing called No More News. Um, I met him at a comedy show in, in California, in Irvine. And he's going to come on. We're going to chat. This guy tweets. He's not Jewish. He tweets about the Jews 
nonstop. It's all he tweets about. Um, and we're, we're going to chat at some point. Hello. Hello. Yo, what's up? Hey, it's Ryan Drew. Ryan Drew, how's it going? going? Hey, not too much. I'm just on my third beer, feeling a little tipsy. Nice. Guess. You didn't do a dry. I'm doing dry January for some reason. Oh, that's a smart. I, I've man. made it so deep though now that I've I've had there were a couple instances where I was like ah, and then I was like no, I'm almost there. Yeah, I mean you gotta have cheat days. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I just uh, well, I'm gonna. I went so hard in December. Honestly, I think part of it was my New Year's. I was. Just I went so insanely hard on New Year's Eve this year that I it was like actually I was like I need this. You got to come down from that. There's like though. photos of me on New Year's where I look like legitimately like so cracked out uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I like looked at that photo. I was like, all right, we're gonna chill. I still smoke weed here and there, but heck yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what's up? I mean, I'm just I'm thinking conspiracies and. Sandusky wasn't on my radar. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I've never, I've never heard in any conspiracy thir- circles, anything, any podcast, nothing, a mention. This is the only guy I've ever, like he said, I guess Malcolm Gladwell discusses in a chapter of his book. I've never read that book. I've read a bunch of Malcolm Gladwell books, but I haven't read that one. But it's just like, it is the least attractive, like, conspiracy theory on fucking earth like i don't know man yeah that was one that everyone was totally on board with uh basically putting that guy through the wood chipper yeah i mean but who we wants all, to defend we were, him uh, yeah we were all eating the media narrative like yes 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 put him put him down yeah and again it's like you know probably i would say 99 percent of the people who listen to this show think the media is full of shit 100%. Right? So then you're like, okay, well, that's one thing in their favor. And, you know, like, like there's a lot of things, like, when the guy lays it out, you go, yeah, I mean, I guess. But even, like, and I'll say this, because he does say it's like an emotional thing. And I'm like, like, even when he does lay it out, I still don't want to side with him. I mean, it's like, I have, it's Bush. like a physical response where I'm just like, I do not want to side with Jerry Sandusky. If George Bush can kill JFK, then Bob Costas can help frame Jerry Sandusky. Yeah, I don't even think it was, but like Bob Costas, that was that was just like a, I think a small part of it. The Bob Costas it didn't help him. That interview is really bad. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, and again, and I mean, imagine imagine if you all the evidence and then you are wrong. Like you're, and then and you go like, ah, fuck! I was the guy who was like defending this dude who was like a fucking serial pedophile yeah nobody wants to do that but like the risks are so high yeah high risk but he's got nothing to lose too where's i've never heard of this guy before until right now john ziegler or jerry sandusky ziegler yeah i mean but like he he uh, like go read you know if you read up on him like he was a journalist uh it sounds like he was on a fairly good path career-wise uh, he had a radio show in L.A., like a syndicated radio show, and then uh, it seems like no. this was kind of like the end of it for uh, like a mainstream. Nambles got him on a new mission. Yeah, but I mean, that, another part of why I actually wanted him on, too, is because when I looked at the comments on his stuff on YouTube, people were generally pretty supportive of him. Like, it, like I think if the comments were all like, this is fucking insane, like, 
across the board, I probably would have just like moved on with it. But everybody was like, oh, this is like, like people were generally fairly supportive of it. And I figured like, you know, we talk about kind of some out there shit uh, on the show. Uh, Gerard Perry says, wasn't the son of Peter too? Yes, he was. But he was, he didn't have any biological kids, Jerry Sandusky. They were all, um, all adopted. But he Very had, strange. Yeah. But also an easier mark in that regard. <laughs> Gerard Perry says you have to be terminally online to know Ziggler. He's a Twitter plague. He's got a decent Twitter account. Uh, he, he posts some stuff I like. Uh, I, I, I can't tell if he was uh, happy to come on here or not, but I'm going to DM him once the show's done. We'll see. Uh, before the uh, before you started the member show, I went back and double-timed the uh, beginning of his uh, stuff. Yeah. And it, 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 yeah, it's, he, it's, he's in the gap there. Yeah. He's, what did you say? He's in the gap? He's in some sort of gap where it's questionable whether you question him. He helps you question the the whole media narrative from back then, based on our current perspective now. So it, it's 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 an easier play for him now than it would have been, let's say, five years ago. Yeah, but I mean, now, like I said, I just he's the guy's in too deep here. He's gone too far. The only way out is for him to be proven right. Yeah, Sandusky needs to be Innocence Project, like, you know, prime, prime. And, like, what scenario would the Innocence Project ever take on Jerry Sandusky? (laughs) Like, imagine, like, all the fucking falsely incarcerated, you know, people of color and mentally challenged, like, basically, like, literally mentally challenged people who are, like, Convicted of crimes and like at what point are they going to be like, oh, this fucking football, old white football coach who raped a bunch of kids like never going to happen. Speaking of Ziggler, like where does he go from here? Like where do we go from here in this conversation? I feel like we've been talking Sandusky Pato scandal. I mean, that was that was kind of the episode. I don't think there's anywhere to go from here. I can't imagine. Like he said at the end of the thing, he goes, he's just like kind of waiting for him to die. Because he's like, well, I don't know what else. That's the only way that this story really ends is that either Jerry Sandusky dies or the people who got paid out these huge sums of money come forward and say that they lied, but then they'd probably have to give the money back and are in trouble. So you can't imagine that will ever happen. That's never going to happen. It, um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, the whole thing is fucking bizarre. It's There's no question. Like I, I assumed it was like some pretty open and shut thing, but... Again, I used to trust in the media. Like, to be honest, at that time, like, if you asked me what was my trust in the media in 2008, 2010, I would have been like, why would they lie? I was probably like 89% would be my confidence level in the media. Yeah, and it's maybe like 20 now. Oh, yeah. It's less than that. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but at the time, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, fairly trustworthy. Like, I would, I, I mean, like, I remember at that time, like, I would go, you know, a couple times a week, log on to CNN.com, see what the news was. And, like, now I say that, I'm like, that's insane. Like, Yeah, where, where do we get news now? Twitter? Twitter. Twitter is the only news source. You get it directly right. from the source. There's, like, you can verify it on Twitter. I, I can't see. I mean, CNN, if you go look at news on CNN, it's what was on Twitter two days ago for the most part. Right. Or you go to like a YouTube aggregator podcast, someone who just talks about the news. Mm -hmm. But it still starts on Twitter because most news stories like the the place they start is generally always on Twitter. Uh, Like almost always like if someone sees something crazy, like it gets on Twitter before anywhere. 
Yeah, why do I feel like it's just you and me talking and like no one else is listening? This is weird. I like it though. It's not though. No, people are listening. We got a hundred, hundred people listening. <laughs> uh, I guess I just went from watching YouTube and then we jumped forward. I guess like however many minutes the delay is. I'm not sure yeah, what yeah. that is. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Anyways, cool. Thanks for uh. Thank yeah. You. I appreciate I'm gonna I'm gonna let someone else call in. Hell yeah. Good talking. Yeah. You too. Bye. <sighs> yeah. 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 Uh, great restart says my news comes from Mark Dice and memeology. Someone was asking me about the, the, the Tim pool Crowder stuff, the Crowder, um, daily wire thing. It was so weird. That was one of the weirdest stories in my orbit because I honestly like didn't care. Uh, and I felt like I was, I should have, and I was looking at it and he goes, he's like, I got offered $50 million and, here this blah 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 and then jeremy born and i like watch him and i go like i on it like sh- i should care he, i mean crowder's trying to tell me personally i should care and i'm just like i don't care hello hey danny uh people in the comments were asking do you have an opinion on the crowder contract dude i li- I, I was just talking about it you must have there must be a delay i must have talked about it just on the delay uh yeah i was just talking about it. i i do i really didn't care about it I felt like uh, I was I was just saying, but like a lot of Twitter was like, this is the biggest deal in the world. And I, I was like, is this the biggest deal in the world? Sounds like a guy got offered a deal. He like didn't like it. He's using he's used like he keeps trying to act like, oh, this is nothing. I'm not trying to use this for any sort of uh, personal gain. I'm just trying to help the people coming after me and like the movement. Like he keeps saying like like he's it, that contract is like hurting the conservative movement which is like saying like music contracts like hurt music like i don't know i don't think so like there's still fucking twitter and you know like if you have good content like you can make it for pretty much nothing and distribute it for free so how long has youtube been paying you danny that's my question how long has youtube been paying me yeah yeah what what did youtube and the daily wire have to pay you to have that take uh, the Daily Wire pays me nothing, although they did post a sketch of mine like five years ago, which got me a lot of views on that one sketch. But uh, I mean, I could tell like I uh, I probably made on YouTube all of last year, I would say like four thousand dollars. So that's what you need. That's what it takes to buy Danny that's, Polish. That's up. what that's the price tag. If we're going to put you a- should have held out for five fifty million, <laughs> man. Like, yeah, I don't know. Do, do, do you think like do you think? Do you have a horse in, in this uh, race between the two of them? So I I love both. I subscribe to you know Daily Wire All Access and Mug Club. Yeah, I will say the Daily uh, Wire. The most impressive thing was I'm like, oh shit, Daily Wire is like making moves like that. That was, I guess, one of the things where I'm like, oh wow, like Daily Wire is willing to offer someone. You know, that was what for four years. It is. I I do have some issues. I, I think Crowder has some points on this. Like he may, he would be making as much money as Connor and, McDavid. Who? It's for the Canadian fans. Uh, the greatest hockey player in the world, and okay, true, the most dominant also, athlete in with his, sports in contracts. That kind of just goes right into their pocket. Yeah, this was his entire production budget with, you know, the oh, shows that, he does and everything. Oh, so it was closer to like um, how Howard Stern's deals are. Yeah, yeah, it was like fixed revenue at like twelve point five million per year. Yeah, yeah, to do a show which one so i i think that a big part of why they went through the whole thing is it just made everyone fixate on that point but uh i think 
more the the two big issues that I have is that one they kept referring to like the uh, term sheet as like a, a conversation starter. Yeah. And I do like kind of multi-million dollar deals like this, not in entertainment, but for other things. A term sheet's not like the first thing that you do. Usually a term sheet's when you go to your lawyer, you say, listen, like, this is how we'd like it to look. Sure. Like, this is how we'd you, like the deal to dis- kind of shake out. You probably have discussions, like actual just discussions beforehand. Right? right. The business people come to us and they're like, this is kind of what we had in mind. I think that like the point of why Daily Wire and probably this is standard entertainment jumps to a term sheet is because it locks in the structure of the deal. Yeah. And then they kept saying, like, well, like, you know, you could have redlined it. Uh, they mentioned, like, they wanted it to seem kind of like a joint venture. Well, you can't redline an an, uh, IP licensing agreement like that into a joint venture. Okay. It's just too different the way you would structure it. Yeah, like, they're just so different. So So I think it's kind of predatory for them to be like, this is where we start, but also then, like, you know, you're locked into this. It closes down that. So you're saying Daily Wire was predatory of uh, on Crowder? And, and I in think general. so. I mean, I find it hard to believe, though, because I imagine that the Daily Wire contract that they gave him would be similar to one that Jordan Peterson received. Like in like some somewhere in the ballpark, you would think. And I, I don't know. Like, I guess it's it, is it predatory, though, if they go like these are our terms. I don't know. This is what we need to do a deal. If you don't like it, don't do it. Like, I get uh, predatory might be a strong word because again they're offering like to pay him money or whatever he can say yes or no yeah but it it's a i would say it's like kind of a shady move especially to claim like this is like a standard like conversation starter is what they kept saying it's really not right it it is a tactic to start being like we're putting this on our terms and it's very forward of them yeah like that's not standard would you go as far as just saying it's unethical on their part I wouldn't say unethical. I'd say shady. Still shady. Yeah, I'd stick it shady. Yeah, well, I find it very hard to believe that a company where Ben Shapiro is the face of would do anything shady. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know about that. And then uh, I had another thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the other thing is they kept saying, like, you know, if we lose revenue, the the the, the penalties need to be there in there if you get demonetized on YouTube or whatever. The penalties need to be he there because then if we lose revenue... Right, there's that. But also, like, if their concern is lost revenue, why not just have the penalties be directly proportionate to lost revenue? Because, like, in the situation where Crowder's making them $50 million a year, let's say, or yeah. you know, maybe not that much, like $30 million a year, they're more than making their money back. He gets, you know, banned off YouTube or something. And then he does, like, another, like, you know, fight like hell, adpocalypse kind of thing where he pushes merch and subscribers and gets more people over to Rumble and everything. Daily Wire could start making like forty million dollars a year, and like, wow, that's great. We're still reducing your fee by twenty percent. Sure, even though, yeah, like they're still net right, net covering it, no problem. Yeah, I mean, again, that just seems like part of a a negotiation. Like, I guess what he's saying is, he goes, "Well, not everybody could afford uh, a lawyer like this." But then again, you're like, if you're if you can't afford a lawyer to look over your deal, it means the deal is probably for not very much money. Like I, I would guess like, and you're probably not that popular. Like it would be like if they came to me or something and they're like, Hey, we want to offer you a deal that pays you like, you know, five figures a year. And I'm like, I'm again, like it's just like, it would be stupid for probably me to decline it. Even if it was a bad deal, because 
it probably would still be so much better than the alternative, which is what a lot of times things like this are. Right. But my point is, if we're negotiating a deal like that, we're negotiating my interest versus your interest and trying to come to a middle ground. Why is it that... What like the Daily Wire's interest, their starting point shouldn't be if you get demonetized, if you get sure. this. Now, if they said if they put it in terms of revenue loss, I would understand it. Right, but just like but if, I would if just this say, happens. Right, but like why is Daily Wire starting point like? Well, we can't have Facebook be upset at us. It should be well, we don't want to lose revenue. Right, right. Like it's, it's, it's sure it seems like a bit. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean with that, where he's talking about the because it's weird because he's railing on like big conservative or whatever and big tech, but you're like, but you are on YouTube. Like he acts like he's not on YouTube at all. Like, but he is, and he does huge numbers on YouTube. I mean, um, I I don't I don't I don't know. I I agree with it, but uh, like, I I don't know enough about. I haven't followed it enough to know. Like, did like did they have any sort of? Didn't they have a counter where it was like a hundred and forty million dollars or something? I it, it's been said it's Jeremy kind Boring of conflicting. Some people have talked about him wanting thirty million a year, which come out to one hundred and twenty million. Okay. Uh, but he Crowder's never confirmed that. I what I think happened, like from the tidbits I've kind of followed all of it, was uh, I think Crowder's agent came back and said something like, "We were looking at more like thirty million a year, not twelve point five. But also, all of these things are not starters. We have to work those out instead. And so then for the Daily Wire side, they're like, ah, they just wanted more money. Sure. When, like, really, it's just, like, something the agent mentioned of, like, what their ballpark was. Right. Yeah, I, I just still don't understand why this just, like, was not a private negotiation. Like, it just, I, I don't know. Like, because I don't see what's wrong with Crowder being like, okay, well, this is what I want. And they go, no, and then they can't reach an agreement. And then that's it. And I mean, I'm sure that happens all the time in negotiations where two parties are just like so far off on a certain aspect of it. And I guess he's what's the his main thing is he's just like it's bad for all the conservative movement because we're going to do this to other people. Yeah, no, I, I think his point is literally just you should base people's compensation and penalties and everything on actual like revenue realized, which like the daily wire is going to have all those numbers. It's going to be easy for them to calculate. Like if they have, you know, if your revenue drops 10% over like your three month, like trailing average, sure. then you get like a, they'll have all those numbers. Just calculate them. Instead they say, no, if Facebook demonetizes you, it doesn't matter what else happens. It doesn't matter what your actual numbers are. You lose 10%. Yeah, he thinks like a... that just, it, it just, it, it, the more obvious solution is to base the penalty and compensation on revenue. I agree, but if your like counterparty or whatever is saying, "Hey, we don't want to do that," you go, "Okay, like, good talking to you." Right, but when the counterparty's like the Daily Wire, and they're sure. also like, "We hate big tech, and we're taking the fight that's to big true. tech," it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like so that, he... that's the issue. I think gotcha, it's like, wait, yeah. are you really? So he was, yeah, he he. I guess I could see that. It's almost like uh, there's a almost like um. A uh, bit of a comparison with with Sam Bankman Fried and uh, the CZ Binance guy, where like he was acting like he was kind of doing this a bit of uh, altruistic thing, but what he was really trying to do is just be the top dog and get rid of the competition a bit, like w- right with selling all the FTT and stuff. I was gonna say I thought it was almost like a comparison to Ziegler, where it's like you know, he comes on here, he's defending Jerry Sandusky, <laughs> and everyone's like he has an ulterior motive. It's like by destroying his life. I know, like it, that's the when thing. When I People grew up, like, yeah, 
turning down a $50 million deal was a sign of integrity, not ulterior motives. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Like, Ziggler is like, you're like, ulterior motives. You're like, he's not, this is ruining his <laughs> life. Like, this is like, I don't even, I didn't want to get into that discussion with him, but like, this, like, again, he did say it where he's like, yeah, if I knew this is what it was going to be, I would have never done this. Like, you. It killed me thinking of his wife in the other room just being like are you talking about jerry sandusky again <laughs> yeah, of course like probably she's like that's the way probably he was probably choked at the beginning because it's like his kids are mad at him his wife's like get fucking talk about something else christ and there's just 200 scrotes listening to him just <laughs> calling him a pedophile for it <laughs> and like people are like working for nambla yeah the whole thing is pretty all right all right thanks man you're welcome bye yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna go another. We go another ten minutes. Um, if anybody wants to call in, or I'll go as long as people are calling in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, the whole thing's too much. Yeah, the Crowder thing and the the Crowder Daily Wire thing. I guess uh, makes a good point. Like that Daily Wire is maybe not acting with the most integrity. Um. So that's that's fair. Uh, great restart says Namble. This is still possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So what should we do? Should we watch? I had a couple of videos queued up. I wonder if I have any emails here. I'm gonna have some actually voicemails. We could, we could Let's see what we got in the old voicemail box. Oh. Whoops. Uh, no, no voicemails left. Uh, let's go check the emails. But yeah, if anyone wants to call in six four six seven ten zero nine four nine, and uh, if we have any videos, <laughs> the goob Sandusky did nothing wrong, and John is a hero. I mean, again, John might be a hero, but John might be like the biggest hero in in the in the world. I don't know about the world. That's maybe that's a bit of hyperbolic, but. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, man. I think a lot of people, if they were faced with like, here is here is actually like. Like someone without a doubt. But again, I guess it's like, how do you prove such a thing? If it's if it is, in fact. uh, True, I guess you have to prove that all those people are lying. But then again, it comes down to like a lot of, you know, like Me Too cases and stuff where there isn't evidence of him. Like often it's just someone said something and there's literally no evidence. It's it's essentially on par with someone being like Harvey Weinstein did nothing wrong, but it's worse. It's worse than Harvey Weinstein did nothing wrong. You would have, you would fuck up your life less saying uh, that Harvey Weinstein did nothing wrong than, than the Sandusky thing. Um, wild stuff. Okay. I'm going to, uh, Okay, uh, we're gonna watch some videos. I think let's just do that. Let's just watch. Uh, let's watch some videos. I wanted to watch these clowns or whatever the f- hell they were talking about. Uh, goob. Um, sorry, I I was unprepared for this because of all the stuff. Also, now my whole YouTube is literally all Jerry Sandusky. All my recommendations right now on YouTube are all related. Jerry Sandusky it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous 
pretty ridiculous. Okay, let's see. Sorry, everybody. I'm going to... Hey, Queens. Oh, no. Sorry, I almost made you guys listen to an episode. It auto-started an episode of Female Dating Strategy. What hell that is. Um, if you have any videos you want me to watch, uh, the Panda Eyes Clown, those conspiracy guys. Well, we can't watch a four-hour uh, video. That we definitely cannot do. Um, let's see if there's any good OJ son is the real killer. Oh, there's, there is a documentary about O.J. Simpson's son. Okay, we got Joe the lawyer back. We can talk to him while I figure this out. What's up, Joe? Hey, just want to do... <clears throat> this is not related to anything. Sure. Um, just thought I'd share a funny story. Yes. We actually had a paralegal who had a side hustle as a prostitute. Really? Yes. <laughs> how did that... Uh, how did that come out? Well, basically, so... They didn't do. She was. Uh, this was like pre, uh, you know, OnlyFans uh, back in uh, like the Craigslist days. Yeah. You know? And we, so our firm is like on the tenth floor. So no one ever takes the stairs. There's the elevator. <laughs> she would just excuse herself, and would go into the stairwell where she had a John waiting. Wait, she was turning tricks at work. Yes. Yes. What? <laughs> At work. That seems pretty insane. No one ever used the stairwell. It, it was, you know, so she thought, when oh, was this is great. And this was back in, um, I have to say, this is like uh, seven years ago. Okay, so like not that long ago. So she was, and, holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, she, she, she was, you know, given head. And uh, eventually, uh, someone decided to use the stairs. And she got caught. And she couldn't. And why did she have to say that she was an escort? Why couldn't she be like, I was just. Well, no, then there was, you know, a whole investigation. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they found out all this stuff about her. It like, gotcha. had to let her, she, she just felt like, oh, it's a side hustle. I'll make some extra money. It, you know, while I'm at work, I just, you know, go take a 10 minute break. That's an extra. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, you have to. It's right, think... it's right, it's right here. She she made them come. They, they, they're not going to her home. She doesn't have to worry about that. She must they, be they, really they come... into that. Like, I feel like some people are like you know drug addicted, but you're like, I imagine like you know you can live on a paralegal's salary. It's not yeah, like yeah, and and health insurance and everything. Yeah. So this sounds like it's one of those things where she was. This actually got maybe her off to just blow random dudes in that. I, I don't know, like, what's the explanation? Because, like, you probably, if you wanted to dedicate your life to that, could probably make way more money than a paralegal. I don't know what she looked like, I guess. Was she attractive? It, no, she, she wasn't attractive. She but... was not? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, then maybe not. I mean, even, I don't know. What does a paralegal make? Um, it depends. Um, anywhere between, um, like 30 and 50. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like insane money. Right. So maybe like between, maybe she could make another 50. That's crazy. Was this in the news at all? Or was this a, like a, no, this wasn't in the news. We handled this quietly. Yeah. We, we don't want this well, to get out. It's not quiet anymore, Joe. Uh, 
Yeah, well, luckily not enough people watch this, but um, damn, that's crazy. And so that, yep. and that's it. They're just like we're just dismissing you. Nothing else. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have her still working for us. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, I guess you. And she, she did she do anything illegal? I guess prostitution's illegal, but. <laughs> Yeah, any sort of harm, um, and, and also I feel I feel like if it had been some like not you know on company time in the uh, the company building, maybe things might have gone differently. They would have. You think there was a chance she could keep her job? I don't know. No, not if. I mean, I feel like you're just you bring. I mean, if you say something wrong on Twitter, you could lose your job. I guess, but um, I feel like I think this a, was like before all that. I feel right. like you know, if she'd gotten before. caught by a friend or whatever, or even some another coworker, um, like somewhere else. I don't know if it ever would have, uh, you know, oh, she had a wild side or whatever. Like it wouldn't. I don't think it would have came back to that. Yeah, that's that is fucking so crazy. Like, uh, I wonder what she's doing now. Yeah, I have no if idea. If you had to bet, do you think it. she's doing a regular job or is she prostituting? Um, probably a regular job. Um, I mean, I'd have to imagine you you wouldn't want to, I don't know why you'd want to give up something that has like, you know, healthcare and all that, like stability. Yeah. Especially like, you know, COVID probably killed prostitution. Probably. Ah, maybe. I feel like the people who are, uh, doing in that line of work that were generally not very risk averse people who are in that line of work or, use the services of prostitutes. I feel like that's a very small risk in the grand scheme. But who knows? Yeah, anyway, I just yeah. thought I'd like, you know, liven things that, up with a fun yeah. story. <laughs> that's a good one. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, molasses said, make a poll of whether the Tennessee cop is going to have an only fans. I don't, maybe she has I actually shot a sketch today. I don't know if it's going to work out, but, uh, it's basically a body cam of her arresting me, but like, it's supposed to be like a body cam video of, of her making an arrest that I, and I'm going to like put it like, it's like a, you know, a news source uncovered this body cam footage and then just ends up with her, like wanting to do a bunch of other cops coming over and do a gangbang. But, uh, it, it does look like actual body cam footage too. Uh, but I just don't know if it's going to a hundred percent work out. Um, Okay, you know what? I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I I feel exhausted from everything. Uh, but thank you very much. I appreciate you. I'm glad uh, for the most part people like the guest. I think I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to try and get like a guest like once a month. I think that's a good number. Get a guest once a month. Some of them are going to be wacky. I mean, I'm going to try and have them all wacky because at the end of the day, it's, that's interesting, I think. Um, that's my guess. Uh, okay. Thanks very much, everybody. I'm sorry the Wi-Fi went out. I'm going to take uh, Maurice's advice, try and find a contingency here, uh, hardwire this bad boy so that doesn't happen again. I don't even know that necessarily will work, but I'm going to try it. Um, Nighttime Conqueror says, I like the guest. Okay. Appreciate you all. Uh, have a good night, everybody. I will catch you tomorrow night. New episode of The Bathhouse, 10 p.m., Sunday, uh, my, I'm blanking. Uh, Sunday, more FDS. Sorry about that. Although, if you caught the last one, it was actually pretty fun. I think I'm going to have more more guests on FDS 
as well because uh, some of my friends. Lev was broken. He was a broken man by the end of it. And I enjoyed it. Okay. Thanks very much, everybody. You guys are all the flimmits all the time. Uh, peace out. Have a good night.